we are now recording, Joe. If you want to, we're online. Yeah. So Paul, you were talking. You you were introducing the concept of the travel catalog, yeah. also known as a holiday brochure. Basically, what they used to have before the internet to tell you what holidays were available. Correct. You look through pictures of the hotel, pictures of the beach. Here's the price. Blah blah blah. Yes. Yeah. What about them? What would you like to know? You, I just think your kind of memories of uh, the travel catalog as a child. Well, this is why I brought this up to you, Joe, five minutes ago, when we already yeah. had, we already had this conversation. Um, travel catalogs, right? Uh, you know, at a glance, nothing more than a useful tool for you know people of adult age with adult finances for them to. You know, yeah. choose a destination which they might like to go on a vacation. Select a holiday, yeah. But to the nefarious eyes of ten-year-old Paul Griffin, they were a source of um, topless ladies, mm. albeit in very, very tiny form, <laughs> in very, very tiny picture form. I, I just find it hard to believe that they the, would allow nudity. I know, but in they did nineties in nineties. Catholic, in 90s Catholic Ireland, Catholic Ireland, there were, there were there were brochures, there were catalogues, yeah, with pictures of foreign beaches, sure, with nudie women, yeah, with bosoms on full display. Is that what you're trying to tell me here? They were on full, open, uh, open bobs. They were, they, yeah, they were on display. Now, to be fair, the, the, I'm, I'm guessing the background of this is not that they're on display for for me to be peeping in a travel catalogue. It was probably oh, okay. some kind of sun tanning or something along them lines. Yeah, it was more of an enticement. It, was, it wasn't enticing people on the holiday. Ooh, <laughs> when I saw that, I, I, said, I took them to mam, Mammy's <laughs> jacket and said, Mammy, let's go to this place. It looks really good. <laughs> no, I, and the reason I brought this up was... You know, the the cliche in so many movies and so many TV shows, right, mm. of losers ogling women. And again, I'm a, I am was a child, so I can get away. I wasn't, I wasn't a loser. I kind of was. But I was a child yeah. loser. Yeah. But the cliche is, you know, the Sears catalog, the whatever catalog, Victoria's Secret catalog. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. But kids don't get their hands on them catalogs, Joe. And as you're uh, moving from your childhood into your teenage years, <laughs> I don't know if you know this, Joe, but your body starts changing and you get these things in your head that make you think things. Yeah. And, and that yeah. was just a way, I guess, for me at that age to kind of, um, I don't even know what. Like I said, there wasn't, and I, I'm not getting graphic here. I'm not getting graphic. No, 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 no. There was no further action taken. That's all I'm saying. All I did was look at it and think. You're just intrigued. You're, intri- you're like, what's going on here? What is going on there? I th- well, I was intrigued. I don't think I was confused, Joe. No. I knew what was going on. No, no, no you're not. I said, not that is a boob, confused. and I see it. More like in a, ooh, hang on. What's, what's... It was a bit of ooh, hang on going on for what sure. Was, you know, what we're seeing here. Yeah. It was discovering, yeah, discovering a kind of source, or kind of a new a new world. Yeah, well, the funny world. thing is I think this was even one step further removed. When you think nudity, right? Mm. You obviously have your spectrum of nudity. I would say this was even one step backwards from like saucy postcards. 
this was almost yeah. not nudity. <laughs> it was so mundane. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know why why I brought this up at all. Like, I and I understand that this is this conversation is doing me no good, given that I'm having this out loud with you, but also in the room with me is my loving girlfriend, um, who I don't think has ever known about my my love perverted for, no there's no perversion this isn't is very not perverted this in fact is <laughs> is actually amplifying healthy. my innocence at the time yeah was that because you again you hear whether it's movies tv shows um podcasts whatever it is you hear the stories of the goonie style kids on adventures oh they found a dirty magazine in a sewer yeah. uh great or they found their uncles or their fathers, whatever. All I had, Joe, was, uh, you know, Villarreal or Tenerife. <laughs> Mallorca. With an image no bigger than, you know, maybe two postage stamps side by side. <laughs> yeah. No, no, Norca's in Mallorca. That's yeah, what, you're, yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. you're after. My, I, um, my, the only thing I can think of as, as a kid where... Um, there was a little bit of kind of naughty stuff. Would be in like comedy, you know. You're in a lot of comedy movies. Yeah, there yeah. would be some bit of you know some nudity going on. Like but a it carry wasn't on, carry on kind yeah. of movies with Babs Windsor, that kind of thing. Yeah, but uh, yeah, exactly. But because it was a comedy, it wasn't it wasn't sexual. It was just funny. It was like oh, yes. it's a pair of boobs. It's funny. And the one I remember is um, Airplane. I think it was Airplane yes. Two. Yes. Oh, two. Okay. I can't remember if it was one. It might have been one. One or two. In one, there, is, there are in one for sure. Uh, now, now, one. now we're boarding into perversion because I, 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 I only know that because I've watched Airplane recent, fairly recently. Yeah. Not that I have some catalogued memory of. Have I seen that in a movie somewhere where it's like uh, they they know the time code and stuff like that? No, that's perverted. Time. That's perverted. Yeah. But yeah, I kind of remember that. But and... someone runs down the aisle in Airplane, I believe. Now, what, the one I was thinking of, they they go through the X-ray machine at the airport, okay, and it kind of shows all the the women completely naked, not an X-ray, it just shows them with their clothes off, right. And of course, um, it was the seventies or the eighties, so that wasn't that wasn't perverted. It was just funny looking at a woman's bubbles. Um, but yeah, I kind of remember that one and going, "What's a boob? What's going on there?" Because obviously, you wouldn't normally watch a movie that had boobs in it as a kid unless it was a comedy movie like that and police academy as well i remember i think the first one maybe first or second one mm. had a few um a few boobies in it um yeah so that was the time that was the 90s you couldn't you know log on and fill your fill your boots so to speak um it was just glimpses glimpses of Oops. But again, the, I guess my point is is that the, this was just innocent, um, you know, blossoming into a man in a sense. Mm-hmm. But it was even two steps before that. I don't know why I even started this conversation. I, I'm starting to feel a little bit embarrassed by the fact that this has been brought up at all. But it's a thing, and it's a thing of the past. Email, email him. Email, email him. Did you see a travel catalog? Might have been. Thomas Cook, well, I don't, I don't know the brand. I think it was uh, yeah. the color yellow has come to me for some reason. The yellow and red mm-hmm. branding. I don't, I don't know what that means, but it happened anyway. Yeah. Welcome to the 
Chair Shot Podcast, everybody. This is um, a Chair Shot Podcast. Yeah, Barry is. is having computer trouble, um, which is why we eventually gave up waiting and just uh, went straight into a nice cold open there. Yeah. Um, talking about the boobs. Um, yes. What have we got coming up? Uh, what we've got coming up, Joe, is LifeGuff. Oh, well, all that stuff that happened. Oh, remember that? Brilliant. Uh, MusicGuff, I've listened to two albums, and we're going to talk about yep. them. One of them, yep. pretty good. And one of them I already listened to before, but I'm going to talk about it again. Mm. Uh, a bit of TeleGuff, British Bake Off, had its finale. We'll be oh, yep. recapping that. Uh, MovieGuff, ooh, lots of movies. Some of them Christmas-themed. Naughty, naughty. It's not even December yet, lads. That's... Not loud. Oh. Uh, game guff. Some people have been playing video games by the looks of it. Uh, and I have an email from Ooh. our good friend Will, and I will, I will be reading it out hey. later on. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Uh, we've also got a quiz, which oh, hello. Um, we will still do even if Barry can't get on because it's a very <laughs> specific to this day quiz, so it won't make any sense next week. But um, yeah, let's go. Let's let's talk life. Let's talk life. Okay. I just finished working on the uh, the downstairs bathroom, putting the sink, putting the toilet in with my friend Sean. The two of us were um, four hours putting that sink and toilet in. Wow. Um, Finishing at 7.58, two minutes before the start time for this podcast. So just in time for this, uh, which meant that I did not get to watch a lot of the football. Uh, but, you know, learning skills, learning mm. applicable skills, how you stop the water when you take a sink out, how you put it back in, all that. So I was, it was a... Uh, a voyage of of uh, learning and development. So I was very happy with that. We got it in. It's all done. Happy days. I haven't quite christened the toilet yet, but that's coming. Oh, dearie me. Um, <laughs> got the haircut as well. Nice snazzy do. Um, although I had it quite the, uh, the trial getting it done, quite the uh, endurance test. So pop down to where I usually get my haircut down to village right uh sign on the front says open i I see it from across the road right they're open nobody's inside here we go great because sometimes sometimes you get down to the barriers and it's you're fucking waiting half an hour and especially in covid i don't be sitting next to people and all that so as i approach the door closely i notice yes indeed it says open but there's another hastily put together sign next to it We'll be back on one o'clock. <laughs> I look at my watch. It's 1030 in the morning. Uh, <laughs> the door is indeed locked. There's no one there. Okay. There's another barber up the hill. Head up the hill. Up to uh, where the local super value is. Um, on the way, noticed that one of the chip shops that's been there as long as I can remember has permanently closed down. Oh. Tip of 40 to the curb for Macari's River Forest. Um, oh, we've got Macari's in this town. It's lovely. Yeah. I, I To be fair, I hadn't eaten there much. There's two other chip shops in the town. Uh, that one is just gone, unfortunately. But anyway, I go into the hair dressers slash the barbers. She is cutting another person's hair. No problem. There's no one else there. I go in and sit down. She finishes up. 
And she says to me, in you go, right? Into the chair. Now, I've noticed that the previous person paid with cash, right? And I just want to make sure I say to her, uh, you can take card here like every other business in the world. Like, you know, we're in COVID. Not a lot of people are handling money anyway. Uh, Do you take card here? Cash only. Okay. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Was she, was she guarding someone from John Wick? No, she was. Uh, she was guarding the gold underneath the bridge. <laughs> um, okay, I say I'll go find an ATM. I leave my jacket there as I guess some kind of sign of I'm first in the queue, no matter if other people are. <laughs> Um, and there's like a supermarket right beside so i ran into the supermarket run to the atm there's an atm at the back of the shop put my card in uh your card is not enabled for use with this atm or something it's one of those generic atms that's not linked to any specific Uh, bank one of these internationally ones take the card out put it back in same thing i try a third time you never know so i have to go and my least favorite thing to do in the world, I had to use my card to get cash back. Mm. So I grab just a packet of chewing gum and go up to the, the counter. I don't know. Do they even still do? I have to be like, do you still do like cash back? Is that still a thing that people do? Oh, yeah, yeah. No problem. Okay. Can I get uh, like off this? Because I know when I used to work in a Centra, which is like a, a, a gas station, petrol station shop, right? Uh, you could only do cash back uh, off a purchase of more than five euro. I'm not spending five euro to get like cash back. But anyway, can you give me cash back on this little chewing gum? Yeah, yeah, no problem. 20 euro. Get it done. I've signed a little thing, proof that I got the money or something. I don't know. Run back, get the haircut. It is fairly nice. It's a little bit long on top, which is what I asked for. You know, while I still have it, might as well enjoy it. Um, So lovely little haircut. Got that done. Very happy with that. Um, been at the gym a lot. Uh, I was woke up at ten this morning, set an alarm because I had to. I was in the gym at eleven, clanging, banging, um, and I'm going tomorrow as well. Mm. So the sexification is really going pretty <laughs> well. Although I'm heavier than I've I was at the beginning, but that's obviously oh the muscles, um, oh, pain and gain. Yes. Um, and what else? We had obviously a bit of footy, Joe, in the week. Ollie's gone. Uh, yeah. Big Mickey Carrick is in. Oh, here he comes. One win, one draw from two games. Sancho scored in both, something he didn't do under Ollie at all. What's your take on proceedings? And it looks like it's going to be Ralph Ranick coming in. Ralph Ranick. Um, yeah, I mean, he had to go. I think we all knew that. Yeah, um, I think he was. He might have already been gone last time. I think. He, I think we discussed this. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah he had to go. Um, I think. I don't know. It feels like another waste of a season. Just now that we're going to have an interim coming yeah. in, and you know, not not kind of moving forward. It feels like we've already wasted about eight years since Ferguson left. But you know, what's a few more months? Um, I was pleasantly surprised though with the with the announcement of the the interim manager. Um, Mainly because I was expecting like Phil Neville or <laughs> Steve Bruce, <laughs> and instead we yeah. got the uh, the Godfather of the German uh, Gagan Press uh, philosophy, um, who I think could do a lot. I mean, I don't expect him to do much, you know, as a manager in six months, but in terms of kind of philosophy and recruitment, um, yeah, I think it's a good, actually a 
surprisingly good uh, appointment. I think it's what we needed. Um, so quite happy. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I had uh, rock bottom expectations for what that was going to be. And, you know, it's a name. It's a name that I wasn't necessarily super familiar with. But um, at this stage, I will take any kind of philosophy um, mm. as was as I saw on the punditry after the today's game. Uh, it's like, where's their plan been for since before Monday? Which is a good mm. point. So I'll take any kind of plan, whatever it might be. Um, didn't get to watch much of the Chelsea game today. So about uh, 15 minutes of it. Um, saw the goals, obviously. Um, but yeah, I would have taken a draw. I would have taken a draw away at Chelsea going in. So I can't be mm-hmm. anything other than happy with that result. And 2-0 away at Villarreal in the last the last day to, to qualify first in the Champions League group. After I think uh, at, at a point in the previous fixture, we were bottom of the group before we turned that around to win the, the fourth game, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. So to, to be through as winners of the group is is not too bad at all. Um, So we have Arsenal on... Thursday, there's midweek Premier League fixtures, which I'm, I'd be looking forward to. Those are on Amazon Prime, I oh. believe, in your side of the world, or on on Amazon. Anyway, they're on yeah. Premier Sports over here in Ireland. We don't get the uh, the Amazon games. They're on uh, pay cable, basically. They're, they're, we get it as part of the Sky Sports package on Sky. Mm. So I do have that channel, so I'll be watching those games. Although, the Man United game, I believe, does clash with MasterChef of the Professionals. <laughs> Oh, unfortunately, I mean, so we'll have to see how that goes. Yeah, I mean, which one will disappoint you more? That is the question you have to ask. Yeah. Well, we, we will see. Anyway, I believe that is all the laugh guff for me this week. Mm. How about you, Joe? Um, main life guff was today. So, obviously, Michelle's been away, uh, as I mentioned, in America all week. So, I've Mainly been coming home from work, um, watching YouTube and playing GTA for yeah. several Bachelor hours. Life, yeah, yeah, yeah. Forgetting to have dinner, baby. <laughs> <laughs> eating, eating some crisps when I get hungry, <laughs> and staying up till two a.m. because I forgot oh. that you have to go to bed. Oh, we all do that. Um, so yeah, so that's been the week. But I did today um, have a very nice trip out. Uh, into central London, where I went uh, for the first time in probably, God, like 17 years, I went ice skating. Um, now, there's a lot of kind of pop-up uh, skating rinks that, that seem to spring up in November uh, mm. for, the, for the festive season, um, kind of around town. So a friend of mine had, had booked some tickets and said, hey, you want to come? I said, well, why not? Let's give it a go. Um, haven't been, haven't done it in a, in a long while. And I have to say, uh, last time I went, I was pretty shit at ice skating. I, I fell over constantly because um, I think I, I tried to go really fast thinking, yeah, I can ice skate. I mm. can go really fast. And then just con- constantly fell over. So this time I was a lot more, um, um, a lot more kind of reticent. And <laughs> I think the four of us, like none of us were actually... <laughs> particularly good at ice skating and we're all terrified of falling over or not even really knowing how to ice skate um so basically it involved us just kind of clinging to the side that the boards on the side and just pulling ourselves around which was quite fun you know 
Um, but yeah, there are lots of people just kind of whizzing around, and I'm like, oh, I don't, how, how do you do that? Like, I don't, really, I just don't understand the kind of mechanics of how to ice skate. So I was just kind of shuffling my feet um, to move along and, and, and avoid. I think that's over. it. I think that's basically it. That's more or less it. Yeah. <laughs> so, and that was, that was good. That worked. Uh, didn't fall over. There were a lot of kids there though. It was the only thing. Um, yeah. Lots and lots of kids. And the thing with kids ice skating is that they, they're very, you know, obviously low to the ground, low center of gravity. And then they're all they're all made of rubber as well, so they fall over, and you know they're straight back up. Like whereas, of course, if I fall over at thirty-seven years of age, I will probably smash into sort of infinite pieces, uh, like some sort of crypt keeper who's been yeah. uh, unlocked from a curse. Um, yeah, but overall, overall, it was quite fun. To be honest, we had an hour session booked. We did about 35 minutes. <laughs> went round three times. Yeah, you get your fill. Yeah. And we had our fill, and then we, we went to the little uh, kind of pop-up restaurant that they had there. Had something to eat and had a, a, a boozy hot chocolate. So they had some lovely hot chocolates Ooh. with um, your choice of, of amaretto, uh, Baileys, or whiskey. So I had a nice Baileys hot chocolate. I was just about to say Baileys. You got to go for the Baileys. Got to go chocolate. for the Baileys. So that was, um, that was very, very nice. So... Yeah, it was a, it was a very fun day. Um, got to go ice skating and that's hot chucky. So feeling, feeling Christmassy. Yeah, I think my my life golf was was much the same. Getting in the, in the the festive mood, we uh, we did decorate the apartment mm-hmm. uh, on Friday in preparation for the toy show, of course, which we and Paul will talk about shortly. Uh, yeah, it was nice. We got all our decorations up. We got some lovely new fairy lights that were uh, that run the length of the apartment, which maybe is a testament to how mm. small the place is, but they are quite nice. Uh, got them up and going, and I did. I, I was quite lucky in that I was uh, uh, finished my actual Christmas shopping for other people already. I'm basically done, but I, I did partake in a, in a teensy bit of Black Friday uh, uh, shopping. Uh, just because, you know, I, I, I wanted to treat myself. You know, I got everyone else's gifts. I'm going to go in and treat myself. Got my bonus from work, which is always mm. greatly appreciated. It's a voucher. So, you know, that's my excuse. I could use it to pay bills or, or shopping or something. Or I could just <laughs> GameStop, you know, uh, pop down there. Um, I did snag two good deals that were like two of the better deals. I think I've, I never really do the Black Friday thing. Last year, me and my girlfriend both bought a toothbrush because it was like the one that was on the front page of Amazon, and it's like marked down from like two hundred quid to to, to 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 like fifty. What are these fucking? Bluetooth, we tell you when to move to a different part of your mouth, multiple <laughs> different speeds. We bought we bought them last year because they were so cheap. And it, and it was literally the, the promoted thing that they were like, buy this. Other than that, I never really do it. First of all, I think the online ones are never really that good. And second of all, I've never really seen a great one. I've never really bothered going in to try and find a great mm-hmm. one in, in a physical shop. But I did pop in there and I got two two games I was really looking forward to. And I'll be talking about one of them in Game Guff. I got Life is the new Life is Strange, which I'm very excited to to get stuck into. And I got that new Guardians of the Galaxy game, both at nearly half price. So I was like, that'll do nicely. That the, the the Guardians, that's fairly new as well. So I was like, that's that's a snazzy little snazzy little gift. And uh, then um, I did, as a favor to my my dear girlfriend, I did pop into Smith's Toys on Saturday mm. to get some Lego for her nephew. 
And let me tell you, I thought it would be no big deal. I was like, yeah, I'm not doing anything on Saturday. Um, her niece was visiting us, and I said, look, I'll get out of the girl's hair. I'll let them have some, uh, some, some quality family time. I'll go and I'll procure the Lego, and I'll have a potter around Smith's myself, you know, see if it's anything good to grab my attention. Oh, baby, was that not a great place to be on, you know, the Saturday of, of Black Friday weekend? Um, people, multiple people walking around with trolleys like they were doing the big shopping in tesco um <laughs> and just flinging things in there like and again tesco style traffic jams where two people with trolleys and one person trying to restock the shelves um uh were, were down particularized and of course the lego aisle of course because it's lego it's the still the most popular thing in the in the world absolutely ham kids running around staff members turning gray haired uh, just by the minute oh my goodness it was absolute mayhem uh, I did get out with my life, thankfully, and I got him. Uh, uh, I got. I was in charge of picking the Lego, so I got uh, uh, Spider Man and Ghost Rider versus Carnage, which Ooh. I'd watch that movie. And it's got a big, cool. It looks like Dom Toretto's car that that, that Ghost Rider drives. So I was like, "That's good. I'll get that." Um, yeah, I did. Uh, uh, when I was getting my own, when I was in GameStop, they similarly the staff. It, it actually wasn't too busy the time I went there, which is great. But the staff looked like they'd had a very long day, so I went up and I was just kind of like, I had like a PS4 copy of Life is Strange. Like, excuse me, not to be a pest, but do you, do you have a PS5 copy of this? Because I, you know, I don't. I I, I have a PS5, so can, I don't want the four. <laughs> and then they and the guy's like, yeah, uh, let me just check the shelves. He's like, oh yeah, I, we do. I'm really sorry, we haven't had a chance to to restock the shelves. I was like, that's okay it's really not a big deal thank you so much um and they were like and, and he was like oh yeah this is like the last copy of of guardian soon i was like brilliant thank you so much and they were in such a rush and they were so busy they forgot to try and sell me their scam insurance he handed me the bag and he goes oh uh, do you want to put the protection on it for three quid a game i was like no nah, you're all right thanks i'll i'll just take it i'll just take it thank you um uh so so yeah that was my uh my festive uh uh, um, uh, experience yeah we are all uh we are all christmased up we watched the toy show we got some christmas movies under our belt already um yeah and uh, that was it i also uh i did my last bit of streaming for the year uh um this this past week um i will oh excuse me be doing some sporadic streaming in december whenever i get a chance and on mahala bobs from work but uh, all done for now so I've got my, I've got my, I've got literal pages of notes for next year, but I'm, I'm done with my regularly scheduled programming for a while. Uh, how about you, Paul? How's the streaming going for you, by the way? You got any plans? Oh, life has changed. Since I got this new job, I started going to the gym. All the free time I had where I'd sit down and stream a game. Mm. Oh, it's, it's, it doesn't have, I did, like, I spoke last week when I tried, I tried to sit down and stream a bit of Death Stranding and it just wouldn't work for me. Yeah. Um, and I really enjoy it and hopefully I'll get a chance to do some maybe once things calm down. But like, um, I'm working nine to five these days, but often I'll have a, a meeting after five that I'll have to stay back late for. Mm. Trying to get to the gym. I usually go to the gym at six in the evenings. Um, so I get home at about eight. Uh, then I have my dinner, and then Master Chef is on, or something. Just, there's no time for streaming games anymore, unfortunately. But yeah, hopefully, hopefully there will be. I haven't given up on it. It's just life is life has changed drastically in the last few uh, months. I get you. I get you. It is a it is a tough endeavor. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, that's the that's the life got for all of us. Actually, don't I don't have the sheet up in front of me. We'll segue over here to music. Have you been listening to some tunes this week? Yeah. Let me just say, I'm drinking a uh, an actual Coca Cola today. Coca Cola okay. original because Natty likes drinking these. I normally drink the um, Zero or the Pepsi Max. Mm. I don't really like the original Coke anymore. Oh, get out of here. No, it's just, I think it's just a question of what you're used to. It's like, it it tastes way too sharp to me now. Sharp? You are so old. Oh my God. Just getting time to, getting time to squeeze in a bit of MasterChef before bed. Oh, this Coke is a little bit much. I don't know about this. Oh, goodness gracious. This Dairy Milk 30% less sugar is... It's a bit under for me. Oh, the regular Jamie, a little too tart. A little bit too tart. <laughs> quite and if they're too tart, I just sprinkle them with confectioner sugar. <laughs> Season 10 of The Simpsons, that joke. Just about, I'll allow it. Um, yeah, I did listen to some tunes, as the kids call them. Mm, mm, listen, mm. I listened to that new Adele record, as I said I would. I believe it's called 30. Which I have to imagine is some reference to her age. Is she 30 now? Is she it is. That's, oh, the albums are all her age. 21, 25, 30. Yeah. Is that, am I yeah. right in saying that? Anyway, the, maybe the listening uh, environment wasn't perfect. Uh, but I listened to this entire album at the gym while I was working out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that Adele's... 30 mm-hmm. was bloody good okay i really enjoyed it um it seems like a, a little bit of a, a step away from what you think of being classic adele there's definitely mm-hmm. some some of that in there but it's a little bit more i would say a step towards kind of amy winehouse direction all right okay it's got a little. It's maybe a little bit more solely uh, in a U.S. sense, even though obviously Amy Winehouse is is British as well. Yeah. Um, I would say it's a little bit more maybe classic contemporary soul rather than like Adele's. Adele's always been soul, but I would kind of I've always thought of it as like a, a typically UK type of soul. Um, there's definitely still some of that there. Weirdly, it has um over the top of some of the songs, like the outros of the songs or some interludes of the songs or between songs, it has, I don't know if they're like audio diary entries she's made mm. over the years or something or interviews she's done, but it'll just be her talking over the end of a song. And obviously a lot of it's very autobiographical over, she's obviously been through some stuff over the last few years. But um, from a purely songwriting standpoint, I thought it was very, very strong. I thought her performance on it is very, very good. Um, I wouldn't classify myself by any means as an Adele super fan. I've never listened to any of her albums. I only know the radio hits that you might, you know, yeah. and, and Adele Layman might know rolling in the deep and the like. Um, but I've always liked Adele. Um, I've always liked those songs. I'd say all of the, all of the singles, uh, I probably have marked like on Spotify, but going through an album for the first time, it, it, it was, it was very surprisingly good. Listen, um, it obviously mixes from like ballads to the more energetic, upbeat, I've been down, but I'm coming back up type stuff. But uh, yeah, I would definitely give it a, a recommendation. I thought it was very, very good. And that's, again, coming from a not necessarily uh, Adele super fan. I, I, I thought it was very, very good. 
I also listen to Adele. Oh, oh we have a double music off. Double whammy yeah. music off, okay. Uh, on so on Friday morning, I think, on the way to work. Okay. Um, I didn't really like it, if I'm honest. Oh, no. Um, oh, well, <laughs> time to say, fight. Time to fight. I didn't think it was bad. It was just none of the songs really kind of grabbed me. It just kind of was playing and i was like mm, yeah oh, okay. I, I think the second half is maybe slightly stronger than the first half would you agree mm-hmm. on that or the, the inverse <laughs> I, think I'd lost, I think i'd lost interest by okay, the second okay, half. Okay, so maybe okay. it was better but i just kind of was like yeah but there's a there's a song where she's playing clips of a kid talking Do yes. you know the one yeah yeah and i was like oh i don't like this at all it's something like um mummy why Mummy, why are you sad? Yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm a bit sad. I'm she like, said, she I'm, says, sad? I'm, fe- I'm feeling a bit confused. Yeah, I love your daddy. Your daddy gave me you. But, oh, yeah. I, oh, no, thanks. Um, yeah, it is more soulful. And it is, I think it's kind of very different from our previous albums, which is good because you don't want to, you could just put out the same kind of ballads and, you know, the big radio songs but yeah it wasn't one wasn't one for me wasn't okay, one for me okay. but not to say it's bad just not um not something i would really enjoy but yeah well we've got the full spectrum of opinions then yeah i also uh, yeah i'm neutral i'm in the middle i haven't heard it yet <laughs> i may i may i may listen you know i need to i need to get caught up on my my 2021 albums I've, I've, I've listened to a couple this year but i still haven't listened to i haven't listened to adele i haven't listened to that that new bill eilish you know um which i think i've been been saying i was going to listen to since it came out uh, so we, I, I think we'll have a better spread in our awards this year than we typically do on the album. Front. Oh yeah, I've been thinking um, about that in the middle of the week. I was trying to, because I never actually made a list of all the stuff I listened to. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know how to, you'd find that. No, <laughs> Spotify isn't great for like. What did you listen to? What this did year? You, yeah, um, apart from it's like wrapped, but even then, it's not like mm, these yeah. are the albums you listen to. Um. But I definitely have a few front runners in my head of the stuff that I've enjoyed the most. But I also listened to uh, CKY's Fuck You 2020 uh, live album, which is, you people might remember, is the the only vinyl record that I own. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had it on vinyl since I got it in, whoops, since I got it in July or August or somewhere around then um they finally put up on spotify for everyone to listen to and enjoy including myself because i love listen to an lp i love listening to a vinyl but i also love the simplicity of putting it on spotify and listening with your bluetooth expensive bluetooth headphones Mm. on a walk like I, i i like that so I will. I think I've already reviewed it, so I won't review it too much else. I, I, I really love it. A lot of CKY diehards don't appreciate the change in singer, but I, I, I think it, it suits the sound uh, still pretty well. And I like all the new songs that they've released since the previous singer departed. So I don't have a, I don't have a very strong feeling on that. I, I enjoyed the before and the after. They also released a couple of singles uh one of which featured uh hank from hell from turbo negro who passed away in the last week uh so they put out a song featuring him that they previously i don't know when but they recorded prior to his death with the proceeds going to whatever his family or whatever and they put out also a single featuring uh daniel davies both of which are eh, i would i would say pretty good nothing 
that would be on the live album, for example. They're not they're not that good, but they're two two decent singles, and I will always take new music from bands I like, even if the singles aren't world beaters. They're they're absolutely fine. So that's the music for this week. Listen to Adele or don't, and <laughs> listen to CKY or don't. That's up to you. That's up to you. But that's but this is also our stance for everything. It's just always up to you. Uh, no, sometimes our stance is right, Barry. Uh, if, if we say something is good or bad on here, like if I say free guy is rubbish, don't watch free guy, you know, you can take that to the bank. Yeah. You can. I should have listened to Paul. He was right. <laughs> I, I, I'm not, I won't bring that up anymore as a petty point of why you didn't listen to me. At least no one on here has watched Red Notice yet. So I'll do That's that. true. I feel like I will eventually, but uh, I have not yet. Why did you watch it? It's so bad. Completion's sake, it's it's one of the it's like big, no, like it's no. like one of the big, biggest films of all time. It's basically matching Infinity War. I don't know if you've seen this, okay? But uh, yeah. Anyway, let's uh, listen to the person who watched it for completion's sake. Right, it's the okay. fourth rock film I've watched. God, what a life you lead! I know, I've seen them all. <laughs> uh, well, much better than that. Uh, not featuring The Rock, which is probably why it was good. Uh, we watched The Late Late Toy Show this yes, week, we Paul. Yeah. Uh, what did you make of it this year? I thought it was really good. So did I. Um, the funny thing about The Toy Show, well, let's just reset for people who have maybe jumped on this podcast since last, last year. year. Don't know what The Toy Show is. So The Late Late Toy Show is an Irish institution uh is a special edition of the late late show not to be confused with uh that monstrosity james corden over in the us what he does it's like a, it's it's like a, a, a an entertainment slash current affairs talk show it's 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 similar to i guess your jimmy kimmel's of the world but with more of a current affairs lean yeah it's like lean. It's kind of hard because I always think to compare it to those things, but like it's not really because it's not funny. It's funny if and when they have a comedian on to do a few bits and plug a thing. But then it's like, okay, here's here's Tommy Tiernan to plug his latest stand-up. Oh, Jesus, aren't women bad drivers? And that's very funny. And then the next segment is like, and now we have uh, Tomas Pabon from Cavan on. He's a Fina Gael counselor to discuss whether or not he wasn't present to vote on the veto for the pedestrianization of main street now ryan there's an awful lot of 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 nattering going on on the radio that i was not present at that county council meeting and 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 it's absolute hogwash right no it is no i'm going to have my say now and it's 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 that and then sometimes bono comes on um like it's and there's also a bunch of moments that are somewhat infamous from it that were like maybe not intentionally funny uh, but you know, Boyzone went on at the peak of their powers and did a very cringe dance. Yeah, uh, that's true. They, they'll 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 have like they had Ed Sheeran on Toy Show this year, which I, I thought was a pretty good get. But on a typical episode, they'll have Ed Sheeran's going to be performing, and up next we'll have a woman whose family was murdered. Yeah, yeah. It's like, what is this tell shit? But anyway, that's what it is, right? But once a year, they do this. Uh, toy show where they have children on, they play with toys, they talk about the big toys of the year, and mm. every Irish kid, even grown up kids like us, uh, sit watch it every year and it's a good crack because sometimes you have some mad kids on. Oh, so there's an element of like school around the corner or an element of kids say the wackiest things to it. Mm, definitely, um, definitely. What I would say is, every year it seems like they they go a little bit further in one direction. 
So let me explain what I mean. Last year uh, was very tug on the heartstrings, emotional. They had little kid on who, whatever, beat cancer, which I also did this year. They had the the little boy in the wheelchair with the give a hug card that went yes viral in Ireland. Um, and he they brought out his little friends from the hospital and stuff like that. This year, it seemed like they they definitely took a big step back on that. It wasn't so much, mm. you know, rewarding kids who have been through hard times, which what it seemed like they changed to that direction. This year, too much just like messing in games. I felt like we went yeah. into the I'd seen a toy on it. I was like, they they they. I don't know why they did it that way, but they're, they they introduced um, that these two girls on right who were like sports mad, da, 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 and they were they were. Um, Dancing around and talking about whatever toy they're doing. I don't even remember what toy they're doing. I don't remember either, yeah. And they brought out the uh, Kelly Harrington, uh, Irish uh, Olympian gold medalist boxer, right? Mm. And she was like, I want to come to your school and we do a training, da, da, da. And that's fine. That's the end of the segment. But no, then they did a game where they're like dressing through the years. I was like, what is happening? What is this? Why are we not going to the next segment where something else happens? So it felt like very stretched out artificially. There was uh, with stuff like that. There was a little bit of forced fun about it as well. Whereas, like you said, I think I think kids say the darndest thing is kind of the good example. It's like you get a kid on to 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 show us his farm set that he's playing with, and because he's a six year old and he doesn't know any better, he goes and and you, you pull the calf out of the arse like my daddy does back home, and that's the joke. It's because the kid doesn't know any better. But also, I think part of the problem is also this year. I, 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 I can't say statistically if this is right. I felt like the kids were a bit older, generally speaking, this year. And so a lot of them were, felt like they were a little bit in on the bit. And they knew that they could give the host a hard time and they could try and be funny and get their stuff in. And so it was a little bit more kind of like, all right, this kid's just going ham because they can go ham. Uh, there was also the, the highlight for one of the highlights for me was uh, there was a kid who... Um, he had a he had a whole section of of toys to show, and one of them was like a missile shooting game and a, and a a toy gun game. But the first thing he showed off was like a little toy kitchen, and it was one of those things where it was some game where you stack burgers as high as you can, right? Yes. And it, it was very upsetting for, for me because it was like plastic burgers, but they were using real food and condiments on it, which is disgusting. Uh, and I think it's supposed to be kind of like a food Jenga type thing. But they had he had a real like from a diner a real bottle of ketchup and so he did not want to play with the missiles he did not want to play with those <laughs> every time Ryan Turbot he turned around the kid literally just went back and just literally would just squeeze a ketchup bottle he wasn't even he wasn't even shooting it on the ground or on the host or in the audience he was just like I'm playing with this fucking ketchup bottle and it's the it's the it's the classic thing of the kids liking to play with the box more than the toy um, so but yeah there was a little there was a little bit of, of kind of the kids were in on it. Um, there was the kid who uh, little was a little sip in the book segment. There was a kid with a. Oh, let me tell you. Oh, she's gonna hear this and uh, tell me I shouldn't be saying it on air. Brona was so upset because she loved the book segment and because she was a book kid growing up and she loved hearing about the books and she was disgraced that they denigrated the book section with hip hop and songs and dance and tomfoolery and not reading books. Yeah. Um. Uh, which, to be fair, she was kind of right. <laughs> they they completely bastardized the book section this year. Yeah. It was kind of like, always. Yeah. The holy space away from the stupid toys. They always do a bit about read books. Books are important. Mm. Books are great. First kid, what books are you reading? Fucking the rapper's journal. Oh, I 
how to write rap songs, right? He goes, right, I have a list of... I'll read out a list of the most common words that appear in rap songs, right? Um, biggie, uh, bounce, uh, blunts. Uh, so blunts get said on the on this kid's show, right? <laughs> I thought it was going to be a children's book. Like, I hang out with my pal Sam. His sandwich has ham. But, like, no, it's like, yeah, uh, biggie, blunts. I'm supposed to say bitches next. <laughs> I just I couldn't believe it. He was about six, by the way. Yeah, and and somebody goes to him, "What's a biggie?" And the kid goes, "Oh, uh, something big, probably." <laughs> I was like, "Ah, oh, you little shit! Name three of his albums. Fuck you." <laughs> so that was very funny. Yeah. The, then, the, he up, the, then he got what? up, right, and wrapped the the clean verse from "Lose Yourself." Yeah. A song that was released before he was born, surely. Uh, 15 years, but like a long time before he was born as well. That would be the equivalent of me going on the Late Day Toy Show in 2000 and, I don't know, fucking singing Old Man River or some <laughs> shit. Like I, like, I don't know how this child even knows that song. But anyway. And then they had um, a girl who uh, allegedly likes books, right? But really... <laughs> plays the french horn <laughs> that was her real reason or what? oh god yeah she was like you're reading wizard of oz or something right anyway fuck that play your horn love and she played it like a little, like they have a bunch of musical numbers throughout the show every year and they were very they were pretty good this year yeah. and, but they just interrupted this segment with a with her playing the French horn. And it's kind of like, yeah, you're right. Usually the book segment is a break from the chaos. You go over and there's a little girl and she's obviously, she's very quiet. She's very mousy. She's got big old, yeah. you know, a Coke bottle glasses. And, and Ryan Tupperty goes, what are you reading? And she goes, well, I'm, I'm reading The Wizard of Oz and it's about how you can find courage and with yeah. friends you can do anything. And also I'm reading this a book called uh, On Madrama. It's an Irish book. And Tupperty goes, Irish language, very good. We, we love to support the Irish language being great. And she goes, yeah. And it's called On and it's about a good dog from Tipperary and he doesn't have a bone but because he's a good dog he gets a bone and I think yeah. that's really nice and he goes that's that's lovely well done well done and this year it's like yo 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 my bitches are getting high on blood got my fridge warm I'm like what is happening <laughs> I liked it it was about books back in the day they also had the, uh, the, the another trope that Irish people go mental for is the vehicle segment where all the kids come out in bikes or go-karts and it's like a little it's a little parade of of the yeah. the hot the hot bikes or or trikes or whatever the thing is that year they also stopped that segment in the middle for a musical number a lad comes by on a go-kart mario kart style go-kart somebody says oh so stop stop there just a second um and he gets he gets you meant to get out of the go-kart take his helmet off and somebody goes i hear you have a talent do you want to show us and i swear to god of all the talents right he can sing Right? Do you think he sang um, uh, uh, Thinking Out Loud by Ed Sheeran? No. Do you think he did uh, uh, fucking, uh, I don't know, whatever, like he did, did he Lose Yourself by Eminem? No. The kid did a straight-faced version of Ave Maria, right? Like he's fucking doing the intro to a Hitman game. And he just stood, stood up in the middle of the bicycle parade and Ave Maria. He was really good, but like absolutely bizarre <laughs> but also they had uh, a dj kid who had been on in a prior segment standing behind them obviously been told right you need to look like <laughs> really surprised by how good this ave maria kid is so, so you have this kid singing ave maria totally without an ounce of irony and behind them you have a kid <laughs> yeah like he's looking like degree 
a kid behind him who looks like he's in NXT and his opponent just kicked out at 2.999 right <laughs> behind him. He's like, oh. It was so over the top. Uh, the DJ kids were good. Is it? They, they again. One of the, so that was, I think, probably one of the first times they've had a. The, the musical acts are always kids from local theater school or or a national school or whatever, and they sing a choir or they play an instrument or whatever. This is the first time I recall they had a DJ on, right? And and it's a frequent trope that sometimes the kids get gifts, like special gifts. Yeah. And so yes, he says, "Oh, you mix this on like your dad's laptop," and he goes, "Yeah, but it's kind of slow." And so the kid got gifted like ten grand worth of like computer equipment and and sound mixing. I was like, "What the fuck?" The rest of them get bikes. Like, what are you doing? How is that fair? Um, And he had his little brother with him, who was like his hype man, who was great value, by the way. Yeah. But he says to the big brother, "Are you taking all that home?" Which was very funny. Oh dear, yeah, it was good, and they they did have the feel good stories. They had the kid who who beat cancer, and oh, I think beat, I, oh wait, let me talk about the kid who beat cancer, right? Go on, Finn, the kid who beat cancer. So this lovely little boy, he talks he talks about the toys, and and Tubby's starts like, okay, and what happened to you last year? Did something happen? So this kid this kid had cancer, right? Beat cancer rang the bell symbolic of you beating cancer right the problem was no one because of covid the people weren't there his family like i think his immediate family were people weren't able to go see him ring the bell yeah so they bring out a bell for him to ring so everybody can be with him when he rings the bell because he beat cancer he grabs the bell clang or whatever it's called ding 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 breaks it off (laughs) (laughs) he breaks the bell and he was so enthusiastic he just tears it off very very funny i thought it was kind of perfect in a way it was kind of yeah. nice and then he so he was a lego kid and he got a trip to the actual lego land in denmark in yeah denmark that's mm-hmm. it yeah so that was nice uh yeah uh, they had um uh, uh some of the music acts were uh, they're usually quite good i mean it's it's kids choir and stuff so it's yeah. not amazing they had one girl on who was hard of hearing she had two hearing aids in and she played the harp and it was oh, genuinely fantastic. she was so so talented that was really great uh, like I feel like every year there's like one or two where you're like, oh, that's like that kid's yeah. crazy good. Um, my my personal highlight before we before we move on, um, first of all, the, you know uh, uh, the celebrities were very limited. I think because of COVID, it was basically just Ed Sheeran and, and Kelly Harrington. A good get, uh, to be fair. A good get, fair enough. Um, but they had a they had a last year was heavy on COVID stuff. Like I think, and that's why Paul said last year they went heavy on the feel good stories. I think because they had to. Ev- everyone loved last year's show because it was a bit of a mending kind of feel good event. This year less so. They had they had some stuff here there, and one segment they had was um, uh, they're like okay, and you know they had a, a little forest area with with nests in it with messages in them, and they're like oh, well these are from our, our our friends and our relatives and our compatriots. Uh, 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 across the world who weren't able to make it home to watch the toy show with their friends. So they've sent messages and they would eventually read some that were from Boston was one of them. London was another one, you know, blah, blah, blah. People, Irish people emigrate. It's what they do. The first one, the (laughs) first one he picked, he pulled it off a tree, opened up a letter and he says, this is a message saying hello from Limerick. (laughs) Yeah, the Joneses in Anacotti or something. And he he goes, okay, well, that's that's not that far away. Two hours on the motorway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the toy show. Um, another thing they didn't do this year, my my little favorite moment. Uh, a little trope of the toy show is, for whatever the kids being on the toy show get little gifts, it's just as good for adults to be in the audience. Because mm-hmm. they always announce, this toy, which is the big toy that everyone wants, we have one for everyone in the audience. It's like Oprah. We have yeah. vouchers, everyone in the audience. 
all they got was a Tesco voucher this year. Oh. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Um, and I think one of the uh, a doll or something. Did they get that that twerking doll? I, I think. don't know. Did they? I can't remember. Because uh, actually, and Brona was asking once it was done. She's like, "Oh, they didn't have a games segment. Like they sometimes have a game yeah. segment." I was like, "They probably because they probably can't because all the all the so they're sponsored by Smiths. <laughs> they're, they're sponsored by Smiths, and so the whole thing is. And thank you so much to Smiths. All these toys are available in Smiths because they yeah they probably can't have a kid playing a PS5 and go and make sure you get one. Go out and get one to yeah. Smiths. Uh, yeah, if they themselves were even able to get one, which they probably weren't. Um, so yeah, uh, that is the the institution that is the late late toy show. Uh, if you've not watched it before, they do. That is unlocked. That's available on their player every year. Their player has also gotten much better. It was absolutely diabolical in the past. Uh, and now it works, so they do get people tuning in from around the world. So next next Christmas, mark it in your calendars, last Friday of November uh, to watch that. But, uh, yeah, that was my that was my only, well, my only notable telly for the week. What, what else have you been watching, Paul? Uh, finished season five and lost. Ooh, mm. chef's kiss. Some good shit in there, let me tell you. Which means we've only got 15 episodes to go. If you count the first two as a, a one-part or, or a two-part single episode, which they were, and also the finale. Uh, we're getting there, folks, and I'll be very sad when it's over. Oh, Joe. Mm. Guess what I also watched this week? I forgot to write on the run sheet. Ooh, I... Let me. <clears throat> if you're out on the road, feeling so uh, we watched two episodes of Gilmore Girls. It's back, everybody. Ooh. Season two, episode Season one two. or two. Nice. Let me tell you, love a bit of Gilmore Girls. Natalie's so happy, by the way, because oh. I like watching shows with her. We watch um, many a show that she's introduced me to. Um, but I don't know why Gilmore Girls just clicks for me. It's it's a very very easy watch. The characters are all super likable. The writing is snappy, sometimes to a fault. But it's generally very good. Um, love me a bit of Gilmore Girls. So we're back into a Lorelai and Rory and oh, Suki, what are you doing? Ah, what's she up to? So Lorelai has uh, accepted the proposal for marriage from uh, what's the guy's name? I was going to say Max von Sydow. He's an actor, <laughs> um, a very old actor. Ma- Max, what is it? The fun- Medina, the fun- Max funky Medina. Max Medina, funky Max Medina, and of course, they didn't tell her mother. But then Suki called her about the surprise party and told her, and then she felt sad, and then there was an argument. I was like, oh man. Mm-hmm. Anyway, all tremendous, all tremendous stuff. Um, and then Dean and Rory got into an argument because she was freaking out about going to Harvard and having to do all these extracurricular activities, and Dean was like, well, "Fuck Harvard, <laughs> hang out with me instead." And all that stuff. So it was all very cool, very fun. Not as much Luke in the first two episodes as I would have liked. I, I, mm. he's, Luke's one of my Luke's my boy. Luke's my, Luke's, one, of my yeah. one of my favorite characters. Luke's the best character. Um, but I love me a bit of Gilmore Girls. I'm not afraid to say it. I love a bit of Gilmore Girls. It's great. It's great. It's fantastic. And hopefully they keep it on Netflix forever so I can watch them all. Yeah, I'm sure they will. Um, a lot of episodes though. Not quite as much as Grey's Anatomy, which for sure me and Atu also watch. That's also one of her favorite shows. But uh, there's like 50 more episodes of Gilmore Girls than there is of Lost. <laughs> so yeah, seven seasons of like 25 episodes a season. Yeah, it's the old days when they used to crank them out. Yep, uh, yep, 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 yep. Yeah, running all year round. Um, I watched, uh, I plugged this to Joe earlier, but I watched a, an episode of Simpsons that maybe 
even I had underappreciated a very, very good season six episode. Sideshow Bob Roberts. Yes. Really good. My God. I don't know why so much of this was fresh to me, because I obviously watched it when I have recently done my Simpsons watchings, but uh, I just thought it was very, very um, current, despite being an episode from, however, 25 years ago. Mm. With the kind of Republican... Uh, not quite a shock jock, but the Republican media radio host, um, yeah. Homer, listening to that. He really speaks to me, which came off as very reminiscent of, of Trump's original uh, presidential campaign, you know, with people feeling uh, whether, you know, isolated in, by, in regards to the Democratic Party or whatever, and feeling, oh, Trump is speaking to me, speaks for the everyman. Homer having that opinion of this radio host. I thought yeah. it was very funny. I thought, um, all oh, the side of Bob Angle is great. I, I, one of my f- all-time favorite jokes is the uh, campaign ad that Sideshow Bob does, where he's like, look at his revolving door prison system. He even let Sideshow Bob out, a man twice convicted for attempted murder. Vote for Sideshow Bob. Very, very funny. Uh, Lytle Hutz uh, starting his uh, investigative proceedings in the court case with, did you, um, you know, fraudulently uh, win the election? No, I did not. Oh, uh, kids, help me. (laughs) No other further questions. Obviously, the allusions to, like, uh, a few good men, can't handle the truth, all that. Yeah, very, very, very strong episode. Very much enjoyed it. And then the next episode it turned over was the best, and I, I know we can all agree on this, the best Treehouse of Horror episode of them all, Treehouse of Horror 5, featuring the Shinning and the like. Mm, yes. What a what a one-two punch of episodes that is. Absolutely. But season six, let me tell you, that's the true golden age. Whatever about seasons three to eight or whatever it was like, season six is where it's at. Season six is perfect television, one after another, knocking it out of the park. Wonderful, wonderful stuff. And then, Joe, did you get a chance to watch the last episode of The Great British Bake Off? I didn't, to be honest. I will not spoil it for you. I, I don't know, know, maybe you're waiting for Michelle. No, I know who was. Oh, you know, okay. Well, yeah. I, won't, I won't say in case people are catching up, but... Um, I thought the winner was deserved. Mm. I was hoping that it was going to be one of the other finalists. I had my hopes pinned on one of them. Natty had her hopes pinned on the other finalist who didn't win. Mm. So we were, we were kind of disappointed in that regard. Um, but we, like I said, we will not spoil who won the Great British Bake Off. Only that it was a very fun show to watch. I will say, uh, in retrospect, now that the season is over, I don't know that Noel Fielding is a super great fit for it. Um. Mm. I'm a big No Feeling fan. I like Mighty Boosh. I like even stuff he's done outside of Mighty Boosh. I quite like. But his comedy is a very surrealist one, for better or worse. And it just seems like he's he's there on British Bake Off to do a different style of comedy that isn't his style of comedy. And so it's kind of like, why is he there doing it? It just doesn't, it doesn't fit him to be doing like lame pun cold opens and stuff. It just seems a bit forced to me. Yeah, same with Matt Lucas. He's quite surreal. Yeah, well, yeah, for sure. He's like shooting stars days and stuff like that. Yeah, they need to get that. That's why Mel and Sue... Is it Mel and Sue? Yeah, Mel and Sue were Well, Sue Perkins, for yeah, used to do it for sure. Because they're quite sort of light, a bit light-hearted and good partnership. But 
Yeah, I mean, I yeah. think I think uh, at least Lucas can kind of get out of the contestants. I, I feel like the contestants find no fielding quite annoying. <laughs> but maybe that's just my impression. But he seems to wind up a lot of them mm. for better, or maybe that's intended. I don't know. But a, a, a good season. I, I very much enjoyed it. Maybe I missed the heyday of it, but even catching up now, I thought it was very good. And obviously, I've been watching MasterChef for the professionals as well, which is going into its fourth, fifth week now. But yeah, that's been good so far too. Nice. Um, I've been watching just a few episodes of uh, a wonderful series that, that Paul and I both enjoy, uh, Inside Number Nine. Um, so I watched the uh, Christmas episode um, earlier in the week, the Krampus episode, which is a homage to kind of 1970s uh, play for the day uh, TV shows with uh, very shaky sets and, and wooden acting, um, which is really, really fantastic with a with one of the one of the best twists, I think, um, of all the episodes, so I enjoyed that. And I decided to watch a few few of the other classic ones. So I watched the one I can't remember what it's called, but the one that's in reverse order um, with the uh, state agent and the woman moving house. Uh, anyone who's seen it will know what I mean. So that one's yeah, it's called clever. Once Removed. Yes, um, spotted a few things I didn't spot the last time. That's a really good episode. Yeah. Um, and I rewatched for the first time the magician episode. Um, Misdirection. From, I think it was, yeah, series season five. Five, five, yeah, yeah. I really like that one. That's a good one. That's one of the best, kind of more recent ones, I think. In, in my mind, really. Yeah, I still haven't seen season six. Can you believe? Oh, Paul. I know. Come on. Come on. I, don't know how, I don't know how I missed it. Um, but yeah, I'm enjoying, enjoying those. I might watch a few more. Um, but. Always, always good. Always good. A very good show. A very good show. Thanks, Joe, for I've introducing decided. me to it. I've decided. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's really That's good. That's been it week. That's our telly. Uh, we can jump in to Movie Goff uh, here. Um, I watched uh, a film I hadn't seen before called Scary Stories to Tell Them in the Dark. Uh, I think I've seen this, if it's the one I'm yeah. thinking of. This is the kind of uh, what if urban legend was a little yeah. bit more fantastical and not a serial killer. Yeah, it's it's uh, like the good Goosebumps film. That kind of, yeah. Goosebumps yeah. wasn't. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I thought, and with that said, I thought it was good, but that's about it. I didn't love it. Um, I thought it was okay. It's set in the 60s. I, by the end of it, the only thing I could come to the conclusion of with regards to why it was set in the 60s is so that they couldn't solve half the problems by having a phone. Um, I didn't think there was much else to it. Um, it's fine. It's a, it's, a, it's a good one of those. Some of the effects look pretty cool. Uh, there is some creativity in it. Um, it's all right. It's an easy enough watch, 90 minutes, if you want something spooky to watch on Netflix. Um, it's got, it's, it's, it is a, a, a period movie, and it's starring a bunch of kids, but I was kind of glad that it was not excessively Stranger Thingsy, um, which I wouldn't have had much patience for. And then I am firmly in the Christmas 
movie mode now that we are post toy show. I did also watch, by the way, the first episode of The Simpsons and Marriage Be Not Proud. Yeah. Uh, two of the greats, of course, talked about many times on the show. Uh, speaking of talked about many times on the show, I watched Krampus, which is now firmly, firmly in the rotation. I think I, I think I like Krampus more every time I watch it. I right. think it's really great. So thumbs up on Krampus as always. And then for the very first time, I watched Black Christmas, uh, a 2019 film, since there's probably 700 movies called Black Christmas. This is the Blumhouse Black Christmas. Uh, I thought the trailers for this looked really good. And then it it was one of those things. It was in cinemas for about a week and then it was gone. I think it was probably a bit of a bomb. Uh, it's kind of a, 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 a bunch of kind of... Uh, you know, somewhat nerdy girls in a sorority in a, in the states. They stay on campus for Christmas, and um, uh, they are set upon by a bunch of uh, uh, creepy murderers. There is some kind of conspiracy going on with one of the fraternities. Um, I don't mind saying that because <laughs> uh, it's not so much of a mystery so much as very early on in the film, one of the girls goes like behind the door she shouldn't see and there's like a, a, a satanic ceremony happening in the in the fraternity house. She goes, oh, what's going on there? <laughs> anyway, I'm sure that won't come back up in the plot later. <laughs> um, it's mm, with, the, with that in mind, I think it's mostly pretty good. I think the performances are good and I think the final act is pretty... Uh, pretty beefy but uh yeah it's 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 one of those ones kind of like uh not at all similar in terms of a film but it's kind of like last night in soho where it's like don't get your hopes up on the mystery being actually hard to solve because it's not mm. it's not really it's you you're kind of you're kind of in it for the fun it's kind of got one of it, you know um it, it's got some stuff going on but it doesn't seem especially fleshed out but similar to scary stories in the dark it's a it's a watchable movie you can stick on uh, uh netflix uh, again, also 90 minutes, easy enough watch, and it's it's fun enough. This is the first movie in a while, though, where I watched it, and I was like, you know what? This desperately needed to be, a you know, in the States, an, an R-rated movie. It's very obviously not. Um, there's a lot of kind of uh, cutting right before things, uh, um, right. not you know, not quite seeing things, and not in an especially uh, uh, interesting way. It, it, it kind of feels like, okay, we, we were going for the PG-13 here, and they got it. Um uh, but it, it kind of feels like that's kind of against the creative vision of the film. The final act in particular, there's a lot of mayhem, lots of shit popping off. And I'm like, you should have heads flying off shoulders in this scene. You should have fucking geysers of blood, but you don't have it. That's a bit of a letdown. Uh, but yeah, it's all right. It's all right. You know, a, a worthwhile, uh, if you want to mix up your Christmas viewing, and you want to stick a, a, a goofy horror in there. It's, it's not bad. That's Black Christmas. And that's all I watched this week on the old movie front. I'm just going to throw out that I too saw Scary Stories Telling Dark, and I actually thought it was really good. Yeah. I thought, well, maybe this was in comparison to the Goosebumps movie, which I thought was dreadful, by the way. But I thought the kids were really good in it, which I, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a stickler for good kids' performances, because so many of them were not good. And I thought it was actually decently scary, which, again, comparing to other films in, in the similar genre of similar age bracket, I thought it was, wow, scary enough for a PG-13, actually. Without necessarily being like grisly, I thought it was decently scary. Yeah. Uh, I only watched one movie, so let me quickly get out of the way. Oh, I watched a little um, uh, art house film <laughs> on Mubi. Oh, f- I just signed up for Mubi. Film app for film nerds. Yes. Hmm. Now, I'll tell you why you need to sign up to Mubi, right? Mubi, not movie. Movie is what you watch on it. Uh, because on Mubi are two of the early. Denis Villeneuve movies that you will not be able to see otherwise. And I watched one of them. 
yeah, so if you have a PlayStation and you sync Mubi to the PlayStation, you will get a month free trial. FYI. Okay, um, do it. So uh, the easy way to use Mubi on your PlayStation, by the way, let me just give a little tip here, because the, there's like no search function on it, bafflingly. So what is much easier to do is sign in on a laptop or a tablet to your movie account and add everything you want to watch to your watch list, which you can then easily access on the PlayStation app. Otherwise, it's impossible to find the movies you want to watch. But anyway, uh, the two movies uh, I'm talking uh, or the two Villeneuve films that are on there are August 32nd on Earth and Maelstrom, which are the two that he brought out before Polytechnique which I believe is streaming somewhere. I'm not sure where that is, but Polytechnique is fucking brilliant. And then he did Polytechnique and Sandy and then Prisoners, I think. So by that stage, you're caught up and you can like, all the rest of them are everywhere. You can see Prisoners, Enemy, Blade Runner, Dune, uh, Arrival, whatever, Sicario. Like they're all over the place. You can see that you can see all of those films. All you need is these two like early ones. You get movie for free. Watch it. So I have them both on my watch list. I watched August 32nd on Earth, which is his first film from 1998. Maelstrom, I think, is 2000. Uh, but to give you the cliff notes on August 32nd on Earth, it's about a model, I think a, a, a photo model from Canada. It's a, it's a, it's a French-language film from, uh, from Canada. She's in a car accident, and then she comes to like an epiphany that her life is like mostly vacant and meaningless and so she decides she wants to have a kid but she's not in a relationship she just has a best friend who's a man who's in a relationship with a different woman uh short-term relationship and so she says to him that she wants him to give her a baby he doesn't have to be involved otherwise um they get into like the nitty-gritty of like making love he's like i don't want you to make love to me i want you to give me a baby (laughs) and so he says that he will do it on the proviso that they do it in the desert uh, and the nearest desert to where they are is in Salt Lake City in Utah. And so they go on a kind of road trip adventure. And so it's 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 a little bit weird in, in, in a typical Villeneuve way. But uh, the biggest strength of it, for sure, like the visuals. If you've seen any of Villeneuve's later films, you know he's a director. I, I don't know who the, I don't remember who the cinematographer was on this uh, that worked with him. But he's a director who has got like a, an eye for specific like visuals. And it right. definitely still has that even in in its its earliest work uh otherwise the performances are a bit up and down i think generally are good but there's some moments where because i don't i don't i've never heard of these actors maybe they're more known in french canon or whatever but sometimes there's they're prone to a little bit of overacting but generally it was good music was good but like the strength of it individuals is really really good looking movie especially when they end up in the desert like i said and so i gave it like a seven um it's maybe not super accessible like some of his later movies. I would maybe say it's something that you might only truly enjoy if you've seen the later ones and you're watching it as a kind of completionism. Um, but it's very good. It's, it's definitely a good, good movie. Nothing compared to when we talk again about Enemy and Prisoners and mm. Arrival and the like. Um, I wouldn't say it holds up to them. But as a first movie, it, it actually reminded me visually... Or, or at least feel-wise, of something like Memento. It's nowhere near as good as Memento, don't get me wrong. But like you know when you're watching Memento, it has a certain visual look, yeah. discounting the fact that it's black and white in color, just the color mm-hmm. scenes, let's say. It has a similar feel to that, kind of roughness that's similar to that. 
Uh, but I thought it was pretty good, and uh, I'm excited to see Maelstrom. And with Maelstrom, I will have comp- I will have seen every Villeneuve f- uh, film, including a short which I reviewed on here called Next Level, which is on YouTube and is really good. That people should also check it. That's great. Okay. Um, I saw on Mubi. Oh, nice. oh also on Mubi. Let me just say quickly on Mubi, they've just added a net to it. Yes. The uh, Adam Driver films. So if people haven't seen that, that's on Mubi now as well. So that got added like yesterday. Yeah, they've got a, a decent little selection um, of. They do of, indeed. Uh, so I'm 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 glad I uh, finally took the plunge. I want to watch Censor. Uh, I want to watch. I finally want to watch Shiva yeah. Baby. Yes. Um, First Cow is on there, which I know Joe reviewed. Oh yeah, for us that's on there as well. So yeah, I added that to my watch list. Uh, Joe, what did you watch this week? Um, a lot of movies I've already seen, so I won't go into full reviews, <laughs> but a quick quick touch on them. Uh, so I watched Heat. Oh, um, yeah. The, the, the Michael Mann, absolute classic action crime. The definitive for me, like, crime action movie. Like, I just, it's so good. Pacino is just going mental. He just, <laughs> he, he takes a script and he just, you know, goes fucking nuts with it he's doing noises faces <laughs> the whole the whole range it's absolutely brilliant um De Niro so is great. <laughs> the line yeah. is right <laughs> you know she got a great ass <laughs> but your head's all the way up it right i got it i got it <laughs> she got a great ass i got it all the way got it oh, all the way um, tremendous. Yeah, he's tremendous. Uh, Val Kilmer's got a ponytail. <laughs> and just a great supporting cast as well. And I think we spoke when Paul reviewed it about the the um, kind of supporting characters and how they all have their own kind of really strong arc, emotional yeah. kind of story arcs. And in, in, in three or four scenes, they create these amazing kind of arcs for those characters. And yeah, just a, just a brilliant, brilliant film. Um, also watched Once Upon a Time in Hollywood again. And I think I enjoy it more each time i see it um I, I think i mentioned when i reviewed it originally tarantino described it as a kind of hangout movie so it's not a movie that's all about kind of plot and you know the action it, it's, it's a movie you get to hang out with the characters and have a good time and i kind of feel that more and more when i watch it just seeing leo dicaprio and brad pitt kind of you know goofing around it's just very enjoyable to watch because they're just they're movie stars and they yeah. have a lot of fun and it looks great and it's the 60s and it's just really fun. So, yeah, I kind of like that. That climbs up a notch every time I watch it. For me, it's probably behind like his best, best films, you know, the Pulp Fiction and Rest of Our Dogs and that. But better than all of his other kind of stuff that he's done since then, which a lot of which I didn't really enjoy. Um, so, yeah, I like that movie. And then another one I watched was War Dogs. Um, this is the Todd Phillips, Jonah Hill and I forget the name of the other actor who was like um, um, big oh. for like a minute and then seemed to kind of disappear. Um, Tatum? In, uh, the, guy, the Fantastic Four. Is the guy from Whiplash, isn't it? Yeah, Whiplash. Miles, Miles. Oh, yeah. Miles Teller. Teller, Miles that's it. Yeah, yeah. Teller, yeah. Who is actually very good. Um, yeah, so I enjoy this film. It's kind of, it's a bit of a walk of Wall Street. But it's about two guys who get mixed up in like arms dealing during the Iraq War. Um, it's kind of like Wolf of Wall Street, except um, if it wasn't directed by Martin Scorsese and was instead directed by uh, Todd Phillips, who did Joker. Kind of yeah. <laughs> the poor man's Martin Scorsese. 
Um, <laughs> so it's kind of, it is very entertaining and quite stylish, and, and I, I enjoy it. It's a bit of a frothy movie, but um, yeah, it's it's one that I can watch quite easily. And it's quite some really kind of fun fun stuff in it. Um, yeah, so War Dogs um, would recommend that if no one's checked it out before. Um, but yeah, a few few good movies. Lovely. Uh, do you have a GTA update for us, Joe? I do have a GTA update. So I finished Vice City. Oh, okay. Um, I didn't. I didn't one hundred percent it. I just did the main no. kind of storyline and the the payphone missions. Um, I didn't have too many. There was an update to the game that I, that was uh, made. I don't know what effect that had. I didn't notice too much difference. Um, I didn't see too many glitches though. Having said that, in my kind of final final missions, I played through. Didn't notice anything really weird. Crashed once in the last kind of several hours of play, which was an improvement on the, you know, multiple crashes in the first half. So right. maybe maybe it did something. But yeah, overall, I would say I definitely enjoyed enjoyed the, the experience. It's an upgrade visually. The glitches are annoying. The, the fact that the simple stuff wasn't done well is annoying. But overall, it's, it's your kind of classic Vice City. Um, with slightly nicer looking kind of graphics. Right. So basically, I'll sum it up. Um, so as soon as I finished that, I went straight into playing uh, GTA 3. Um, so I mentioned with Vice City like a few weeks ago, if I hadn't have known that it was a remastered version, I probably wouldn't have been able to tell straight away because my memory plays tricks on me in terms of thinking Vice City is better than it looks. Yeah, yeah. Um, I have to say with GTA 3, that was not the case. Um, because that is a very ugly, dingy kind of brown, grey game. And this remastered version does look so much better. It kind of looks on that Vice City kind of level. So immediately you're like, okay, yeah, this is a game I can play and actually enjoy. Because uh, I don't know that in I've played, played GTA 3 uh, a few times. I can't say I've ever really enjoyed it just because it's quite a... I don't know, a little bit clunky, and the, and the graphics, and some of the some of the missions are just impossible. Not because they're hard, but just because of the the gameplay, you know, the controls and stuff. It's yeah, it's a bit of an awkward game. But I always played it just because it's you know it's part of that kind of iconic series, and I wanted to play it. But I have to say, this one's a lot, probably a lot more enjoyable to play because of the changes that have been made. Um, so I haven't played too much of it. Still quite early on in the game, but um, yeah. I think this one is definitely an improvement and no kind of glitches or crashes so far. It's it's playing pretty well. So yeah, quite happy with GTA three. That's good stuff. Good to hear. Um, yeah, I, uh, I've been playing some video games this week myself. Uh, uh, finally, finally, after starting it on release day, I finally finished Ratchet and Clank on PS5. <laughs> Cause I was just kind of like, I wanted to start some new games. Like I can't, First of all, I can't have this taking up space on my hard drive, on this very small hard drive. Finished it. I like the final act a lot, but the final act is very boom, 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 boom. Set pieces, things going crazy, tons of visually interesting levels. It looks great. Elevated the game for me a little bit, but I I still felt pretty disappointed by the whole thing overall. I think it's a very straightforward Ratchet & Clank game with some very shiny uh, uh, tech on it. Um, I, I noticed a lot in the middle, and then there was even a couple of instances right at the tail end of the game that, like, anytime you go, oh, what's over there? And you try and jump on a platform that looks like you can jump on it. You either hit an invisible wall or you clip through the floor. 
And I was like, yeah, all right, that's disappointing. <laughs> um, also, as nice, the whole game looks nice, but I couldn't help but notice in the tail end of the game when you're back in some kind of neon-soaked interiors, I'm like, I feel like they kind of should have just stuck with those environments for the whole game. The generic Crash Bandicoot style, here you're on a dinosaur planet stuff, just doesn't look as nice as that first level where you're in fucking cyberpunk land. Do you know what I mean? Um, That stuff looks incredible. Um, But, you know, it's okay. The only, the problem with it's okay is that, you know, it's, you know, it's first of all, PlayStation doesn't have a game pass. It's not on uh, the equipment. Not only do they not have a game pass, it's 80 motherfucking euros to buy a game like Ratchet and Clank. So it's a, it's a little bit of a burn. Um, it's one of the tentpole games that's been released. Yes, well. yeah, it's like one of their pre-release. They were hyping up that as, the, as you know a reason to get it. Yeah, uh, anyway. I, I agree. I found it kind of soulless, mm. <laughs> ultimately, unfortunately. And I thought there was some nice twists in the story at the end, but I thought most. I realize it is a kids' game, but a lot of it was just kind of like, "Boy, we sure are having a nice adventure." I think we're going to be friends. I think we are going to be friends. All the characters are just friends, uh, uh, you know, and it's just it's very generic, very basic. Uh, yeah. storytelling from a studio that wrote two phenomenal uh, spider-man games um and i don't think uh just because it is a um uh, a children's game that they have to necessarily really dumb down to the insane degree that that i, I felt this game was uh so yeah uh, that was ratchet and clank uh, so other than that, um, I did, uh, for my final kind of regularly scheduled stream of the year, I did give a go to the first two hours of Little Nightmares 2, which in, in a good way really seems like more of the same from the first game, which I really, really liked, but it actually has layered some kind of mechanics onto it that are a bit different. You didn't play Little Nightmares 1, it's this very nicely crafted, really cool looking side-scrolling horror platform kind of game um it's about like five or six hours long i've heard the sequel is the same some kind of basic puzzle solving some basic platforming tons of really well-crafted atmospheres lots of very creepy imagery you're like a tiny little tiny child and all the adults in the world are absolutely gigantic and they all look like really kind of horrible scary uh, like scarier than the scariest version of like a puppet from a Tim Burton movie could look like. Right. They're all really horrible looking. And so the sequel is a similar premise. The story is a little bit oblique. It's not explicitly stated, um, uh, uh, you know, in terms of there's no there's no dialogue at all in the games. So uh, you play a little kid, you stumble across another little kid who's being like trapped in a basement of this of some wicked farmer's house. Um, and the two of you are basically trying to escape from all the evil adults. Uh, one thing that's slightly different in this one is there's almost some co-op puzzling, but with the AI, it's a one-player game, but you've got two characters running around, and so you're catching each other as you jump across platforms, you're jumping on weighted pulley systems to try and trigger puzzle mechanisms. Uh, and I mentioned this on stream, I was like, this is the type of thing that if this AI does not work, this will fucking suck so bad. Uh, but it works fantastically well it's so so good i i never had an instance of any of, of the character not being where they were supposed to be not catching me on a jump you know it, it was really good so thumbs up on little nightmares too i haven't finished it yet but I, I absolutely will get back to it and then the last thing i started just earlier today was uh, one of the aforementioned uh, black friday halls i started guardians of the galaxy 
which is uh, in the vein of the like recent Avengers game. It's like we're obviously going for the movie vibe, but we're not allowed to say it's canon and we're not allowed to have the actors and we're not allowed to have the voice actors. So it's kind of everything looks and sounds a teensy bit off while still trying to evoke the thing, but we're not doing the thing. We don't have Bradley Cooper. Um, you know, so uh, it's got that going on. It has the licensed music. It's, you know what I mean? So it's trying to homage the movie that way. A fantastic licensed soundtrack. You got your final countdown on there. You've Ooh. got, um, you've don't got your, uh, Danielson, that. don't tell you. Yeah. Well, the, the, you see Square Enix were able to pony up whereas Tony Khan wasn't, you know, so, um, I only played about an hour of it for a reason I'll get into in just a moment. But it seems really cool. Um, I, I've heard it, it got decent enough reviews coming out, but maybe not super, super great. I've heard a lot of great things from people in the last few weeks. Like, no, this game is really fun. And so I gave it a go. I'm enjoying it. I think the they've got the character dynamics down really good. Like I said, you if you've seen the movie, that's this is not some kind of thing of, oh, I haven't read the comics. Is this some other thing? They are going for the movie vibe. And they have, they have successfully kind of captured the dynamic of the film characters i think quite well even though they look a bit different sound a bit different um yeah and it, it feels good it's it's you control you just control uh peter quill but it's one of those things where basically all the other characters are kind of like special abilities so you're highlighting enemies and you're it's all, kind of almost like the original mass effect actually i suppose kind of in a way you're like targeting an enemy and pulling up a menu and you're like okay i pick groot and i pick this attack for groot and so groot does his thing where he he, he catches them in an area of effect stick into the floor move and then you can shoot them uh, it's good it's it's satisfying. it looks really nice the soundtrack is good uh thumbs up so far i did have to stop though because i appeared to have a bit of thumbstick drift on my playstation 5 controller um in, in the vein of the the issue that has hounded nintendo for five years or whatever it's been at this stage uh camera just keeps going to the ceiling I noticed this a little bit during my my streaming Resident Evil and Bloodborne. It seems to have gotten completely worse to the point where I was like, okay, I, I am not sure I can play this game. I Googled all the troubleshooting. They weren't working. I Googled, okay, what do I do if this is fucked and I have to send it back? And it was the exact thing you don't want to read, which is that if it's out of warranty, you're they're not going to do it for free. Yeah. If even, even if it is in warranty, you have to pay to send it back, blah, blah, blah. Like, like Sony are just as unuser friendly as possible on this. Um, if this happened with the Xbox, you can hook up an Xbox One controller and just play with that. No, you cannot do that on a PlayStation 5. No, a PlayStation 4 controller, throw it in the bin, peon. <laughs> you better get yourself another PlayStation 5 controller for 700 euros. Um, so I was like, oh my God, I'm going to have to do this. This is going to be such a pain. I'm not going to be able to, like... You know, I wanted to get, I had certain stuff I wanted to run through, including Guardians of the Galaxy, get them done before, you know, like Game of the Year season, I have a Game of the Year podcast I have to work on. Very annoyed. And then I found in the comment, for, for the record, by the way, also, Sony do not have a landing page on their website for this issue, because this is not like Nintendo, where it affected them so badly, they had a lawsuit and they had to take it back for free and they've got disclaimers everywhere. And what do I do? I, I feel like Sony is like if they can get away without publicly acknowledging this. There's tons of IGN of web and articles about it, but they haven't acknowledged it. So I had to read like recommendations from players and websites who contacted PR people and stuff like that. In the comments of an IGN article, I found a a like self diagnosis from a person 
who's like hold the stick in for 10 seconds and then rotate it like crazy for like 20 straight seconds and it seems to free up whatever kind of physical clogging was going on in there and it seems to have worked you know with my with my breath held and my fingers crossed um so i did have to cut my guardians playthrough short because uh, that was disrupting me but yeah very annoying um uh, and and hopefully i won't be back on this podcast next week complaining that i had to ship a fucking package to fucking i don't know germany or america or something <laughs> um but yeah um guardians though is is fun um and i think it's if you if it, i'm very early on it so i don't want to say too much but i if like myself you see it marked down around the half price area i'm i'm tentatively very uh, very pleased with it um and it seems to be on sale in a lot of places so yeah um yeah that's the uh, that's the game guff for me. What about you, Paul? What are you playing? I played a demo of a little game called Ooh. Glow. Go on. Uh, which is being developed by our mutual friend, little Neil Neil Wood. Woodley. Mm. Wood, Woodley boy. He, he, he gave me uh, a link to demo his game. And it's super fun. Um, I know this is useless information to the listeners. They will never... Most likely never have a chance to play it unless he gets it out on some kind of uh, online store, which hopefully he will. But it's a very simple little game where you're you're collecting colored orbs, I guess. It's like a platformer where you, you control a little, a little you, you yourself are a little ball and you can go like left, right, dash, midair, dash, typical modern platforming. It, mm. it definitely feels like a a very simplified version of like a, a Super Meat Boy, that kind of control scheme anyway. So I played on the laptop with my PS4 controller paired. Mm-hmm. Worked perfectly. Uh, great music in it. Some levels are quite fiendishly difficult, but never frustrating. And uh, yeah, I'm hoping he he gets it to, um, to a, a place where he can release it and more people can play it. Because I thought, even though it's definitely very simple, graphically it's very simple and all that, very very fun to play very fun half hour or whatever i spent on it mm. um so i definitely recommend to you guys in my immediate vicinity if you haven't already and you have a a laptop uh, it doesn't necessarily need to be a, a super powerful laptop reach out to him and have a go of it i thought it was very fun and gave, i gave him some feedback on it as well as the point of a, a, a beta demo but that was super fun otherwise I'm still on Death Stranding and uh, Fallout 3. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. In Death Stranding, I've now made 52 of the 70 main story deliveries. So I think, I've, I, I think I'm about 10 hours from beating it now. So I, may, I might have it beaten next time we speak or, or the time after that. But, uh, yeah, still making my way through that. Uh, figured out how to use zip lines in it, which make uh, traversal much quicker and much more fun. Um, but still very much enjoying Death Stranding. And Fallout 3 is as good as ever. Um, hmm. Although I'm also looking forward to being it because I, I'm definitely... One of the issues with those games, I might have said this already, but revisiting them with only the goal of completing them removes a lot of the charm of those games. Like As if I, as if I went to beat Mario Odyssey again, but with the point of view of I'm just going to beat the game, I'm not going to try to win yeah. the again. It's like the whole charm of it is looking at every nook and cranny and finding yeah. all the moons. That's 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 really to me. Even if you on your first playthrough you don't necessarily hundred percent it, 
it's still the exploration and the looking and oh what's behind here oh i found a moon da, da, da. whereas if you're like playing with a guide to just beat it on a second mm. playthrough i don't feel like that's gonna actually be a lot of fun um fallout 3 is fun but when i play fallout new vegas again i'm definitely just gonna forget because i only played new vegas for like 10 hours i didn't really thoroughly beat it Fallout fallout 3 i think i I didn't platinum because I played on Xbox 360, but I think I did like all the achievements. I got everything in the game. Um, but I just wanted to revisit that world. So I'm just going to beat the main story. I'm like 10 hours in. It probably going to take me like 15 hours to beat. And then New Vegas, I'm going to play as if I'm playing it for the first time. I'm going to try and do everything in the game. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm on course to have Death Stranding finished by Christmas, <laughs> which was my plan. I'm going to probably be finished three, three or four weeks ahead of schedule. Um, still really enjoying it. Great music, like I said. Great story. Oh, great story. Um, but I'm I'm finally, even though I'm a long way away, I'm finally coming around that last mountain, and I can see in the distance, ah, oh, the, fi- the finish line. I see yeah. it. I just got to walk real slowly through snow for 10 miles to get there. Um, so that's all the games that I've been gaming. Already. Uh, I believe we have a quiz. <laughs> It's been a while since I did a quiz. Um, it's a Joe quiz. Picked up, oh. the, picked up the baton, and I thought I'd do a quick, a quick one. Um, so what we've got is um, five wrestlers that were born on this day, on the twenty eighth of November, wow. across the years, and I am going to give you four clues to their identity. Okay. And the first person to shout out the answer gets one point it's very simple um one point on offer for each one whoever shouts out first uh, gets the point you only get one guess if if you get it wrong, you can shout out whenever you want but if you get it wrong you're frozen out and then your opponent gets the rest of the clues so if you want to go early you can but it's the risk okay everyone understand so yeah i will start reading out the clues and then you can begin guessing whenever you feel you know the answer Okay? okay triple h Oh. No, uh, it was only a joke. I wasn't really He's playing. Joking. 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 Okay, so um, wrestler number one. Uh, first clue. I was a competitor in the lingerie football league playing for the Chicago Bliss franchise. Summer Ray. Oh, got it. Got it. Got it. Got okay. it. This comes back to the booby talk earlier. <laughs> Listen, she had a lovely pair. How do you know that? Without just, coming off as just a weird curve. There's probably there's probably other wrestlers, but I I just remember like when she when she was reported that oh here's this new trainee. Okay. It was like she it, the most notable thing about her career at that point was that she was in the lingerie football league. Uh, <laughs> th- th- there's there's probably been others. There, I, there, that's a trivia oh, question, I'm sure. Right, but yeah. um, she's the most notable one that I recall. Okay. Uh, I was um, never going to get that. I was too busy looking at travel brochures. Uh, p- 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 potential LFL Hall of Famer. You know, I'm not, I'm not a voter. I don't have a ballot. But, you know, she had a great season. Um, uh, you know, the numbers don't lie. So, <laughs> Yeah, JR can probably tell us more about that. <laughs> <laughs> a great game there at the week. I mean, if I, I mean you, you can't say anything. You know, you get in trouble. But may I just say <laughs> that I, I would like to touch down. You know, oh, God. Um, other clues. I made my FCW debut in 20, December 2011. I starred in the WWE Studios movie The Marine 4. And mm, I, I would have known that one. I was briefly a valet slash dance partner for Fandango. <laughs> okay, so wrestler number two. I made my WWF debut on the May 20th, 2000 episode of Jacked. 
I am a two-time NWA World Heavyweight Champion. In 2005, I feuded with several WWE legends, including Coco Beware, Greg Valentine, and Doink the Clown. And I was a member of La Resistance. Rene Debris. No, that's incorrect. No, I can remember which one it is as well. Oh, that's annoying. Is it Rob Conway. Yeah, it is. Rob Conway. Yeah, the NWA. Rene Dupree was Rob Conway was NWA. Oh, he was on like New Japan shows with that belt. Oh, that's annoying. Levels oh, it up. Oh my! Oh my! Okay, uh, third wrestler. I was born in Minneapolis, Minnesota, in 1981. I am a two-time SmackDown, SmackDown Tag Team Champion and a one-time NXT Tag Team Champion. Okay. I appeared on the AEW Brody Lee Tribute Show. Eric Rowan. That's correct. Well done, Barry. Well interrupted. And the final clue, my only WrestleMania uh, wrestling match was against The Rock. <laughs> which I saw. <laughs> which you all over there for. Yeah, it's a two, two on to Barry. Okay, so Russell number four. I was inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame in 2005. I played professional football for the San Diego Chargers and the Kansas City Chiefs. In Mid-South Wrestling, in the early 80s, I feuded with Junkyard Dog, Paul Orndorff, and managed the Wild Samoans. I was nicknamed the Big Cat. Ernie Ladd. Oh, well done, Paul. One point, that's 2-2. A bit of a a back-of-the-brain one there. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I guess that one. So go to the fifth, fifth and final wrestler. So it's two two. So this is this is for the win. Okay. <clears throat> I am a former WWF Hardcore Champion. I was one half of the Wrestling Observer's Tag Team of the Year, nineteen eighty five. Joe Briscoe. Incorrect! Barry's frozen out. <laughs> Good guess, though. Paul... No, Briscoe would be pre-85, yeah. surely. That's ah. So, number three. I was trained in the Hart Family Dungeon. Okay. And final clue. I have kids called Harry and Georgia. British Bulldog. Yes, Paul. Mix it. Is this, not one of the, is this not one of those games where more points if you get it earlier? No, he explained it very beforehand. I will not lose gracefully ever. <laughs> no, the, the 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 strategy of that game is how quickly you're willing to risk it, and you did try. You did go early, Barry. You did, you know, I think that paid off. Yeah, you just you know you risked it and you lost a couple of times. So yeah, it's a little bit like um, only connect, I guess, in a sense where it's like yeah. if you, if you have the advantage of guessing early, the problem is if if you guess when Joe said born in Minneapolis, Minnesota, for example, that might be two people. You might be guessing the wrong one, you know? Whereas yeah. if you wait, you get the more information, but the other person has a chance to jump in front of you. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Very good quiz, Joe. Well played. Well Very played. Very much enjoyed it. 
Cool. I have an email. Nice. And my email, I'm going to direct towards Mr. Joe Towner. Oh. It's from Will. Hi, Paul. Brett Goldstein. Is that, did he win an Emmy recently? I think he's the right person. I think he did, yeah. Uh, Brett Goldstein has a podcast called Movies to be Buried With. And while mm. I haven't listened to it yet, I think the questions are quite cool. So thought you three, he says you three, but he did follow up with me on, on Twitter. That is just to ask to one of you. Uh, so I thought you might want to give your answers to them. Are you ready, Joe, to answer mm. some movie questions, mm. Movie, mm. movie history questions? Sure. I mean, per, your personal history as opposed to the history of film. Joe. The first movie you remember seeing? God, whatever. Um, Christ. Uh, the Care Bears. Ooh, very good. Uh, <laughs> the scariest film? Shining. Okay. The funniest film? Ooh. One that springs to mind is Airplane. Uh, that we just discussed earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, the film that you loved as a kid, but that you think is shit now. Aladdin. Oh, that's very disrespectful. Okay. I know. Well, I loved it. That's harsh. That's I tried, harsh. I tried to rewatch it, and I was like, "Oh, this is really you, nice." You were having it. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, fuck it. Uh, film that people hate, but that you love. Oh, film that people hate that I love. Independence Day. <laughs> film that people love but that you hate. Oh, God. It's loads. <laughs> Lord of the Rings. Mm. Okay, very good. <laughs> uh, the worst film you've ever seen? Um, The one that springs to mind is the 90s comi- comic book movie Spawn. Uh, with John okay. Leguizamo. <laughs> Good cast. Really, oh, Jesus Christ. A uh, film that means something special to you, that has like sentimental value, I guess. Um, Sentimental value. I'd say My Cousin Vinny. Kind of yeah. My favorite comedy movie, yeah. Just remember watching that as a kid. Uh, loving Joe Pesci. Yeah. Actually, no, I'm going to change that. I'm going to change that. <gasps> okay. Because I just thought of another one. Jumping Jack Flash with Whoopi Goldberg. Okay. Because uh, when we were, when I used to go on holiday, um, my grandparents would have had like a load of VHS tapes. Yeah. Because um, we were in France. Didn't have a telly. Didn't have French telly because they all spoke in French. You knew what was going on. <laughs> yeah, madness. So they had, a, they had a, vi- a video and a load of videotapes. And we would watch Jumping Jack Flash like every time. Go there. <laughs> seen it many, madness. many times. Uh, the film you relate to the most? Probably one of those ones with like the rock in it, where he's all like, <laughs> where, where he flexes his bicep and bursts out of the. Uh, Furious Seven. Yeah, yeah. No, I would say, oh, what do I relate to? Actually, Last Night in Toho is a really, uh, really mm-hmm. good example of a film I relate to. Um, Recent one. What is the sexiest film you've ever seen? Oh. Not the travel catalog. We've been over that one. <laughs> Not a film, anyway. Sexy film. Um, sexy film. Uh, Magic Mike. 
I mean, I can't disagree. Uh, best case of cinematography. Um, best looking film, basically. I think oh, two spring to mind, actually, The Green Knight from this year mm. and Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah, that was Nathy's answer when I asked yeah. her. Good answer. Uh, favorite film? Back to the Future, part two. Uh, movie that made this is the last one. Movie that yeah. made you cry the most. Oh, um, oh, probably Coco. Yeah, multiple times as well, not just yeah, the third yeah, viewing. yeah, 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 yeah. Third viewing as well. I agree. I agree. Great, great answers. Thanks for the email, Will. Now you know what Joe thinks about films. <laughs> That's my email. Uh, I did not have an email. I don't think Joe did either. No. Well, let's get to the wrestling then. Uh, wrestling this week opened up with CM Punk coming out to wrestle QT Marshall and being interrupted by M. Jeff mm. uh, for a banterous 20 minute segment. Shades of you know opening a raw, but good. Uh, was the thrust of it. I've seen some detractors on this, but I have to say I thought it was pretty dang excellent. Um, and I thought MJF was throwing some bombs. Some of them were a little bit lame, but he's also MJF, so I can live with that. You know, um, I don't think I don't think he should really be scoring points on Punk anyway. I feel like if you're going to do this statement, Punk realistically should be coming out the better of it. Uh, and I thought Punk was tremendous, uh, and I thought the whole segment was great. What did you guys make of it? Yeah, went on a bit, but it was, mm. it was it was good. There was a lot of really good shit in there, so didn't mind it. So yeah, it was really good. And I think yeah, punk comes across as just a lot more sincere or authentic, mm. but not not in a oh MJF's a heel, so he's not authentic way, but just in that he's trying very hard to kind of uh, I don't know score points or rile the crowd up. Although he did have he did he did have some good shit, but yeah, I think punk won that battle. That was great. Great that they can hold your attention for so long. Great that they have enough material to just go twenty minutes of mm. back and forth. It like it. It really brought me back to promo battles you used to get, where Triple H would be in the ring and The Rock would come out and be giving it all his up your ass. Da 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 da. And Triple <laughs> H would be reacting to it here. Obviously, there was like no selling. MJF sold Punk's lines a little bit, but CM Punk wasn't selling anything. No, which is, which is the way it would be. Triple H would say to the Rock, "You're no." The Rock would just no sell it and give him, "Well, you're candy ass." And Triple H would be fucking bumping on the apron here and I'm the champion. <laughs> I beat you last night. You got nothing. Well, you're a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> the Rock here is the only thing you were beating was yourself in the hotel. Oh. And Triple H. Whoa! And 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 fifty thousand people would scream as loud as people have ever screamed before in their lives. <laughs> anyway, I must say I am a big fan of. Obviously, when people overreact to being hit with an absolute solid burn, hmm. but when they when people take a bump, when people are when the ref is you're out of here, and Ortiz is like bumping on the apron, he's so outraged. I'll never not love that. Uh, so, uh, speaking earlier that Joe mentioned of, uh, went on a bit, we did eventually get the QT Marshall CM Punk 
match, which uh, it really felt like the whole the intent of this whole thing was to have Punk on TV for forty minutes uh, in his hometown, and because he's a big yeah. ratings mm-hmm. mover and things like that. But ooh, baby, this did not need to go this long, and it was no very good. Um, uh, yeah, it felt like Punk was selling for a lifetime for 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 our QT, which I was not a fan of. He eventually won anyway, so that's all fine, fine and dandy. Um, after that, I don't recall too much. What what, what else was on this show? Wait a minute. You are telling me with all seriousness, you don't remember Bear Country and the Gun Club. (laughs) Oh my God. Oh, well, yeah, I I, I checked for a second because I was like, wait, I thought I was on the the fight app. This is YouTube, but I'm watching here. Um... (laughs) No, uh, if if I looked at the elevation card and saw that match on, uh, I would think, God, they're they're running low on staff this week. Yeah, they're, they're doing bear crunching as Gun Club. Here we are the, in dynamite. The whole Billy thing, I'm just like, oh God, how? I, so it's obvious they're just like you know they're keeping Darby busy because they don't have anything for him right now. But Jesus, this is really not having anything for anyone. The fact that you haven't have these two teams have a match, it was shit. I don't see much in Bear Country at all, to be quite honest with you. Bear um, Country, I'm I'm stamping with my No Hopers stamp. <laughs> okay. Like, they're big, right? Yeah. One of them looks like he, he's after walking off a GCW deathmatch, right? <laughs> the, other one, the other one doesn't, like, he's big and bearded. Or whatever. He doesn't look intimidating at all. He looks like a big lad you give a big cuddle to. Aw. He, but he like that's it doesn't work. He's just a big, he just a big boy. Do you know what? Do you know what you said? G, you said GCW. What I was thinking was they look like they're fresh off of an NWA taping. Um, it's like where they'd be already in the ring. They'd be wrestling Tyrus and whoever the fuck he's with. They're Good just storm. they're just big lads who hold up their hands and the guy goes woo and and you've like never heard of him before or since. Uh, yeah, I, I I don't have a whole lot of are time. They, are they like MJF guys? Is that what I've heard? I have no idea. Possibly, yeah. Because they know. are useless. <laughs> yeah, um, and Billy Gunn and his not even the more the like you have the one son who's who's I remember in like COVID times he was always front and center in the crowd. Awesome. Yes. Right? Yeah. He's not even the one teaming with him. It's the other one. Yeah. Well, they got to give the other one some shine. But why isn't it? Colton and Austin as a team. Because they have to have the tall star, the tall jacked guy. He has to be on telly. He has to be he has to be working Derby on Rampage with wrestling like fucking Andre towards the end. Right. If I can just take a deep breath here and personify my inner disco inferno for a second. Oh god. Billy Gunn looks really good for his age. Yes. And when you look up at the TV. Because people don't switch channels anymore. When you look at the TV, you see big Billy Gunn, 80 years old, whatever he is, fucking rich. <laughs> you think, wow, he looks, he looks like he, if he weren't so old, he he looks like a star. The problem is, is, is when AEW as a company is the one promoting this, AEW's fans aren't typically ones to be fooled by this lad's very big and very muscly. When you, when you see him wrestle really slowly and really boringly. Yeah. Um, so I'm baffled by this sudden gun club push. Um, and hopefully Sting and Darby beat him and we never hear from them again. Because Billy Gunn's little sons are 
well, apparently they don't have much faith in Austin, or or he's injured. They don't have much faith in Austin Gunn because he doesn't wrestle. He just is their little boy on the side. Um, I did love though when Darby came sprinting from the uh, the tunnel, the, yeah. the tunnel, and absolutely mm-hmm. waylaid him. But otherwise, this segment was a complete dud. Proof again yeah. that AW are not are not infallible. No, of course not. No, absolutely not. Um, yeah, so that 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 went that went on. Um, also, Daniel Garcia threw coffee at Eddie Kingston. T- shades of Kane and Chris Jericho. I, I thought that was funny. Others. I I like that to me. I like Eddie trying to eat his pie in peace. Uh, <laughs> it was was good. Everything Eddie Kingston does is good. To be fair, yeah. Uh, what's up with the Gun Club's music as well? What is that? We talked about that last week. Yeah, the oh. Ennio Morricone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, finally, back back to business on the show. We got Thunder Rosa versus Jamie Hater. Yeah, uh, this is another one of the matches where Jr. was like, "These women are. Let me tell you, they're brother. I'm, I'm, I, I mean, you can't you can't always use your cowboy hat emoji these days. But I, I bro, I'm I'm putting I'm getting my thumb out. I'm putting it on the screen. It's 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 growing. It's getting near it. Oh, I'm pressing it. Um, <laughs> Uh, and two right, Jim. Two right. Um, they had a great little match. I thought a proper, uh, a proper, real, just fucking getting stuck in. They, their lock up at the start of the match was so good. Um, uh, just really stuck in. Great performance from Hader. Uh, crowd were hot as well, which was good. Um, I think this whole TBS tournament has been great stuff so far. Um, and at the end, we had the Britt Baker team miscommunication, allowing Rosa to win. So there you go. Um, yeah, don't have too much else to say about that. Okay, okay. yeah, by the way. Uh, what else was on this show? We had uh, Brian Danielson versus Colt Cabana, which was really good. Uh, it was okay, I wasn't kind, super into it. Kind of short, kind of short. Um, I like the Evil Uno match more from last week. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they, I assume it was real. They did a thing where Colt's tooth got kicked out. It looked like uh, a crown. Yeah. yeah it, crown. It, it looked like, yeah, two little uh, toppers there knocked out of his mouth. But that was a great visual. And of course, Danielson immediately got it um, <laughs> and held it up to the camera because he's great. Uh, he was a great little shithead in the match, doing his little muscle man pose when he's got he's got the arm locked. Yeah, oh. the Nick Diaz. Oh, what I, a, I've won this match. Yeah. What a prick! He's so great. And then uh, Hangman came down in his gear because last week Brian was like, "Oh, look at you! You're not even in your gear. What's this?" And so Hangman comes down in his gear, and then Brian still says he doesn't want any, which I thought was great. Um, that is still coming out of the babyface entrance, by the way. Well, I think I think that's definitely going to be a thing because that was his thing in, in Ring of Honor as well. It's intentional, which is yeah. He's just he, he's going to adapt to whatever he he wants to do on any given week, uh, and you know what? So long as it's like character consistency, I'm completely fine with that. I think I think he can. He's not really a, a, a slapping hands, kissing babies kind of babyface anyway. So I, I don't feel like it's any kind of a character betrayal to, to have him work this way against Hangman, which is great. And plus, it's just and it's it just speaks to his his greatness and his utility to any company that has him. That it's not going to be some fifty fifty we love Brian Danielson thing when it comes time to face Hangman. He's 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 working his whole off to make sure he's not cheered. Um, I see he probably still will be in by some capacity, but I think it's going to be a big hangman crowd whenever they eventually do that match. Next week, he's wrestling Alan Angels. 
Um, so yeah, that that'll probably be pretty good. Uh, what else was on Dynamite before we get to Rampage? We had the eight man main event. That was all right. Yeah, exactly. uh, what happened to Andrade's pants? Apparently, he ripped his pants mid match and they just disappeared. Uh, he, he said, Listen, we got to get these demos up. You know, we got to get these. Uh, <laughs> you run around and meet jocks. I'm gonna, yeah. And let me tell you, talk about from zero to 60. He went from wearing full length pants to very, you know, tighty black, black uh, trunkies. Um, <laughs> what was he at? A fucking travel catalog or something. <laughs> he was getting ready for the lingerie football league, you know. Um, <laughs> It was good stuff, and yeah, we had the whole thing where Cody threw his belt into the crowd, and they threw it back, and that was funny. Um, you know, good old Chicago. Nah, match was very good, to be fair. It was good. It was good fun. Yeah, it was. Um, and then Andrade, post-match, we saw on Rampage, he gave him the Hammerlock DDT on the bloody concrete on the outside, which usually would be some sort of injury angle, but in AW world, it just means they're having a street fight on Wednesday. Yeah, the AW is like not selling injuries lately. Like the the I, the concerto thing pissed me off. You know the the a lot of that stuff. Like, I I believe like a couple of months ago when Moxie was still around, Eddie Kingston got like pilmanized in like the Young Bucks feud, and he didn't. Yeah, miss and he was time. out for weeks. No, he did. He was. He no, was, he didn't. He was. He was. You're living in a. No, he came back when he was limping. It's like, no, mate, oh, no, he your leg should be falling off. Your leg should be falling off, mate. You you should get your leg amputated for the angle, okay? <laughs> uh, like that like that deathmatch lad who got his finger cut off. Oh, God. Yeah. Um, you're, anyway. You're love of the business, brother. Uh, that takes us nicely to Rampage. Uh, yeah. I have a controversial opinion on Rampage this week. Go on. I thought the matches were fine, but I thought the show was a bit of a snooze. I thought the opposite. No, oh, not the opposite because right, the match was so good. But I, di- I, I didn't think it was a snooze, basically, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> the matches are fine, but I just found them hard to cut. Even I was like, Eddie Kingston, Danny Garcia, that's going to be fucking a banger. Mm. And it was, but I just found myself, oh, this is not really holding my attention as much as I expected. Were you watching it at 4 a.m.? No, no, no. I watched it the, the next morning. Okay. Um, we uh, we watched it the next morning as well. I, I thought it was, I thought last week was bad. I thought this week was much better. Uh, we had the Utah and Cassidy versus Fish and Cole tag. That was fine. You know, solid. Um, yeah. Oh, sorry. Continue talking about that match. I want to talk about something after that. Okay. You know, Fish is what he is. Um, it, it was good action. You knew Wita was... Wita? Wita. You know Utah was losing. Uh, Utah Wheaties. Uh, but it was it was solid, yeah. Okay. Then we had one of the worst segments of the year. Go on. Tony Schiavone is backstage with Tony Nese, the couple of Tonys. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. So, first of all, Tony Nese is, is the least charismatic man in the world. Yeah. Right? Sammy Guevara, a babyface, comes up to him and is a complete cunt. Right? Nice punches him in the ribs, rightfully so, because Sammy <laughs> is being completely confrontational for no reason. And Nice then goes, I will beat you for the belt, Sammy. And the segment ends. What are they doing? This was so crap. Um, it was crap. And I, I anywhere in wrestling, I hate the thing where they're having a backstage segment and a wrestler goes down from one punch. 
uh, and they're like, oh, yeah. oh, oh, oh. Like, sorry, Sammy Guevara, you do 6.30 fucking shooting star presses out of the ring into fire. Like, what are you talking about? Oh, ah, not a body shot. Ooh. You know, yeah, you know, it's, and yeah, it's little beige Tony Nese. Like. Now, but Tony Nese made some completely unoffensive offhand remark about you know oh i'm going to be coming for that tnt title and sammy Grier was like hold my earrings uh running up to him you're talking all that shit about me come on say it my face it's like oh my god this is also your baby face champion he's acting like a complete baby yeah oh so happy niece punched him i, I was gonna punch him if he didn't do it uh, that's on wednesday i think is it Oh god, I'm sure it'll be fine. But like, it'll probably be, like, Nice is a good wrestler, but you know. Yeah, but he came off completely bland here, and Sammy Guevara just came off like a twat. Yeah. So I don't know what I'm supposed to be cheering for. These two annoying men are going to fight apparently. Uh, then we got the Black Friday deal match. Great yes. name. Have you heard of Black Friday, folks? Uh, <laughs> well, these two fought each other like two people in the Walmart. Yeah, it was in the list of te- television. Riho versus Britt Baker. And if Riho won, she got a, a title oh, shot. No, Good match. I feel her. like Riho always delivers. Uh, somewhat rare television opportunities she gets these days. I don't know why that is, but they're usually good. Um, yeah, and it was good. And Riho got, I thought, kind of an opposite win. They've done quite a few of these things where you get a shot if you beat the champion, and the champion typically wins, I guess, to keep it interesting. Uh, but yeah, Riho won this time, so they're doing that match again. Yeah. That's good. Sorry. Yeah, and that brought us to the main event Eddie Kingston versus Daniel Garcia, which was, in fact, quite good. Uh, yeah, it was good. I, I the last couple of weeks, I've found Rampage has felt a bit Sunday Night Heat. Yeah, <laughs> for me, like as I'm in the essential kind of show. But um, yeah, it's all right. It's all right. Yeah, it's kind of you know, it's one of those things. Tony Khan hates to see it referred to as a B show. I'm like, listen, I thought it was great, and when they announced it, I was super excited about it. You can't, you can't put Eddie Kingston and Daniel Garcia in the main event and say that's it's on level with Dynamite. That would not main event Dynamite in a million years. No, um, like it was kind of seen as a little bit of a, uh, ele- it was an elevation kind of B player type thing for Darby to briefly main event as TNT champion. That was him. That was them taking a chance on him by going with someone lower. And like that, this this is lower again than that, you know. Um, and again, I thought it was great. That's not to say don't do that match, but it's just you you can't have your cake and eat it too, and say that this show is 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 on par with Dynamite. Well, he's trying to bring down Dynamite by doing Bear Country and Gun Club. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How has that match skipped Rampage altogether and gone straight to Dynamite? That's what I want to know. Um, but yeah, you know, uh, another another good week of AEW television. They've got their. Uh, their big uh, Andrade versus Cody match and, and and all that other stuff next. And also uh, Ruby Soho versus Chris Statlander is this week, which I think will be very good. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and I think that's going to do it for now uh, on this here broadcast. Um, yes. We yes, will yes, be yes. back next week to chat about AEW and to chat about video games. And maybe I'll get annoyed at my right analog stick again. And we'll have movie updates, and who knows what else we'll have. You will know if you come back next week. So it's chairshoppodcast.com if you want to pop us an email, like Will did, uh, at chairshoppod on Twitter if you want to follow along. And uh, yeah, we'll be back next week with more. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. Uh, thank you, Joe. 
Thank you, Barry. And thank you, Paul. You're welcome. See you later, folks. 